last time on Taverns and Cabins Side Stories. The group, recovering from the prior battle, wake up to the realization that Sam has gone off wandering. Upon talking to Eska, the first one awake, we come to the realization that she has given him additional assistance to be a scout for us. We take that time to have quality conversations with Eska as she opens up about her homeland. Sadly, her homeland is lost to war, and we learn more about the Kaldaran threat. As we make our way forward, finding our first steps into the marshes, we stumble upon a grim discovery. We see two more members of the Kaldaran army holding a bridge with our only direction, and sadly, we see Sam laid out in front. We make a strong play as a group, holding down the two. Kai shooting a powerful holding arrow. Yalar challenging an individual with multiple arms and the ability to petrify. Luna, myself, and Eska do quick work of the other member while we join forces together, protecting Sam and laying low the last bastard. Now, joined all together again, we're ready to move forward, venturing deeper into the marshes. Side Stories, Episode 12, Sorceress of Aloria, Part 4. Alright, welcome back to another exciting episode of Taverns and Caverns Side Stories, everyone. This is your Dungeon Master Haphazard DM, and we are back, and we will be doing more little fun stories regarding Eska and her, her little troop here of crazy individuals. Kafa, Yalar. <laughs> but last time, as you all remember, you did battle with two, you both, I mean, you all did battle with two individuals by the name of Bazir and Giran, and they both had the powers of lightning as well as the powers of a basilisk to basically turn people into stone, the party was able to defeat both of these soldiers from the continent of Ashai. And as we all remember, Sam, you were knocked unconscious fighting these two individuals, and the party was here, and they were able to save you. So we're going to go ahead and start right where we left off. Sam, you feel yourself slowly waking up uh, to Eckerd. Eckerd, you, you taking your time here to heal him up, I would assume, now that the party is um, not in danger any longer, at least for the time being, there are still several dead elven soldiers all around you. But Eska, you can see that she's basically cleaning off her blade and whatever after the battle, and she wants to make sure that everyone's okay. But she's looking around, and she's going to look over at Eckerd and Sam. Eckerd. We don't have much time to stick around here. How's Sam doing? Well, just taking a look at his form right now, I think he's waking up as we speak. Sam, how are you feeling? So Sam takes a big, big yawn and like stretches. But as he stretches, he clutches kind of almost like um, he's wounded. You could, I mean, you could physically see he got beat up a little bit and he kind of like sits up slowly and, he, and looks in pain and looks around and says, well, what did I miss? Well, you missed plenty. Apparently, when you were scouting ahead, uh, you've encountered these two fools we've dealt with quickly. I remember now. 
I was in a tree and they spotted me and I fell out, hit my head kind of hard. They beat me up a little bit. And then that's all I remember. Well, they had parsley turned you into stone, but we've stopped and healed all that. Now you should be able to get up onto your feet once again. Uh, with that, uh, Eckhart will kind of reach out his hand to kind of opt as a, a bit of a post for him to stand up. And um, is he taking his hand? Yeah, I'll take his hand. Uh, I mean, you're you're much taller than him, so he just kind of pulls you up taller than him, <laughs> and it gives him a chance to kind of really spot your ribs where you were kind of clinching after that yawn. Mm, well, maybe a little bit of a lighter load for you for the next couple of days on this journey, and you should be in decent shape once again. Um, I'll leave you to your uh, coming about as we all get ready to go. Uh, with that, though, uh, Eckert is going to uh, ask for some assistance from Yilar and from uh, Kai. I'd like to at least get these men over to the embankment over here near the, the creek side. I think it only fair that they all lay properly and away from these bastards who took their lives. I have to agree. I was wondering what we do with bodies. I just didn't think it would be right to have just lay them. Just, just a shame. Yeah, with that, uh, Eckert is going to start carting them kind of over near here. Not on top of each other, kind of in a line. And then uh, he'll just kind of pull some refuse from uh, some of the uh, area over here and just kind of apply it over the tops of them. I mean, there's not enough stuff there to really get too in-depth. And okay. he is, he's trying to be mindful. He's, he's, he understands the uh, the timing aspect of this now more than he did before. So he is trying to move kind of quickly with this. Right. And as the group is helping Eckerd drag the bodies over to give them some, at least some kind of proper burial goodbye, you know, Eska's looking around and after you're all done doing what you're doing, she just looks at the group and she has a stern face on um, as she's staring at you all. And she just begins to speak slightly. This is the kind of future that your people here in Tirster will, will see if we allow this to continue. Do you understand now why my mission is important? Emperor Ball only seeks to conquer all of Ashai for now, but his, what is to stop a man from reaching forward? They say those in power continue to seek power once they have it. And as, that, as she says this, she's going to look over her shoulder. Come, we cannot stay around here for much longer. We must continue lest we wish to fight more of these. And I'm sure they'll continue to send more and more as we go. Um, with that, Eckert will uh, just kind of say a quick bit of uh, a word of uh, peace on their travels, and then he'll cast Word of Radiance uh, kind of off of himself onto the refuse in this general vicinity. So it kind of lights a flame. And then uh, at that point, he will uh, follow suit and follow after Eska. All right. So as the party continues traveling, as you all know, you're heading to an Orkish town known as Ogrog. Ogrog is on the northeastern portion of 
the territory known as the Darkfin Marshes. It connects Estelle Duin to the Darkfin Marshes from the Shalune Woodlands. And this town is actually very welcoming and highly recommended for travelers to visit, to buy supplies, to rest up and everything. And as you're making way towards Ogrog, it's going to take you a couple more days from your current location, but you have now successfully entered the Darkfin Marshes. The environment and the territory all around you quickly begins to shift into a swampy-like terrain, and the heat itself already begins to get at you. The humidity, the mosquitoes, the bugs begin to increase rapidly. And it becomes a little bit uncomfortable for those that are not used to being in the Darkfin marshes. Uh, Yalar, on the other hand, this is his home. So he is definitely feeling at home, as he has mentioned. But it will take you a couple more days to reach this town. So we'll go ahead and say, we'll go and fast travel it. You're all able to get your long rest through this traveling without any issues. The party, everyone's back at full HP. And we'll go ahead and say that any information that Sam missed out on he is updated by Eska and the party during your nightly um, camp outings. But we'll go ahead and rush. And so you guys are all finally able to make it to Ogrog. And when you all get to this town known as Ogrog, you see that it is surrounded by wooden, wooden fences and wooden walls with spikes kind of hanging off the sides of them. Immediately, all of you can tell that this town is definitely of orcish, um, orcish build. Many of the infrastructure here is wood, and you see a lot of paint, war paint, and everything like that kind of scattered about. But it's a very welcoming town, and the main reason it has this, these wooden walls and gates around this town is for protection. There are several harsh and dangerous monsters here in the Darkfin Marshes that they want to protect their town from, but also a bit of information just for our listeners as well. All of your characters would most likely know this, but go ahead and make me uh, some history rolls for me. And let's see what we have. Casper, uh, Casper, Washington, Sam got 22, Kai has got 17, um, Eckerd's five, and you know what? Actually, I won't. I won't make Yalar or Eckerd actually have to roll for this because you guys would both. You both would know this information be, <laughs> only because Yalar, you're from the Darkfin Marshes, and I had to walk uh, it. And Eckerd, yeah, you, you, your, your past has brought here several times. So we'll say Sam and Kai, um, both of you rolling more than high enough than you needed. The party completely understands that the Darkfin Marshes used to be ruled by some orcish tribes that followed the orc, or I should say the god, known as Roktar. And there is actually a temple here in the Darkfin Marshes dedicated to Roktar. The orcish tribes know this god as Roktar, but others in all of Tirsir would also know this god to actually be known as Roken. And Roktar Tar is basically the god of conquest and violence. And many, many centuries ago, the Darkfin Marshes was ruled by orcish tribes that followed the god of conquest and violence. They believe that strength is all there is to it. 
strength should rule over the weak. And as time has gone on and travelers from all other of the nations began to step foot into the Darkfin marshes, many of the tribes began trading and doing business with many of the other denizens from surrounding nations. So eventually some of the tribes broke away from the mindset of believing in Roktar and they've actually begun to learn about the other gods and goddesses and just trade in general. And after time went by, many of these tribes created a trade city known as Zogra. Zogra is basically, most people would say it's the capital of the Darkfin marshes. However, the other tribes that still follow Roktar, they don't believe it to be the capital. They believe it to be more of a, a blasphemy to the Darkfin marshes. They, they despise Zogra and any of the tribes that basically left the following of Roktar. But the good news is most of the tribes actually don't follow that mindset any longer. There's just a small handful of tribes that still follow this brutal god. And all of you would know that there is a place called the Grokon Hold here in the Darkfin Marshes that's very close to the Roktar Temple. Grokon Hold is basically where all of the tribes that still follow the god of conquest and violence, and they have gathered there, making that their home. That is located all the way to the west of the Darkfin Marshes. So I made you all roll a history because you all understand this information, and you all know that occasionally there are skirmishes between the tribes of the Darkfin Marshes that believe in the god of violence and conquest, and then the tribes that believe in complete freedom and choosing your own path. So there's basically kind of like, I don't want to say there is legitimately a straight up civil war per se, but there's definitely skirmishes and there are battles and it is a very dangerous territory to be in. If you do not know what routes to take, because if you find yourself near some of the tribes that follow Roktar, then they will basically either capture you, and kill you or they'll do whatever to you whatever they find that they turn you into a slave whatever they're pretty bad people so for the most part i should say <laughs> if you if you are a, a a warrior of strength they might respect you in a specific way because they believe strength rules over the weak but i mean it just depends on that day depending on the orc that you deal with but you all know that the Darkfin Marshes are is the home to where most of the orcs come from. But it's also a home to many ogres, goblins as well, goblinoids, and things like that. But that is the history of the Darkfin Marshes at this time. Ogrog is, again, it's welcoming. So it is the first town you want to be in. And knowing this information, we, we mentioned this in the last sessions, that the party is going to attempt to kind of travel on the northern boundary or northern border of the Darkfin Marshes, kind of going into the nation up above, which is the Kurumo Plains, to kind of stay out of any of that possible skirmishes or anything like that between the tribes. Because you're all trying to travel and make it to the Azurian stronghold you know, safely. You're taking the safest routes possible. But I want to explain some of the knowledge and some of the history between the Darkfin Marshes this is something all your characters would know. Are we all good? Yes. Okay. 
Awesome. So as you reach Ogrog, the gates there are closed and there are some orcish guards standing outside the gates and they see that you're coming from the east, which is where Estelle Duin, the Shalune woodlands are, are set and the orcish soldiers looking at you. They're not half orcs, they're full orcish individuals. You know, both of them step up. You see they both have these large battle axes, great axes on their backs. And one of them steps forward, and he is in all leather armor. Oh, traveler, are you coming from the Shalune Woodlands? Uh, yes, uh, we are. We just finished our travel coming across the uh, bridgeway as we started to slowly walk our way into the depths of the swamp here. Ah, come to do some trade here in Ogrog, then. Uh, to be completely honest with you, we're looking to be here briefly. We just needed a respite before we continued our travels. Very well. And he looks over his shoulder and he kind of waves his hand and the wooden gates slowly begin to, to open. Well, welcome to Ogrog. We'd have, it's going to be a pleasure to serve you. Whatever you need, we have it, I guarantee. Please enjoy yourselves as you stay here. Make sure to rest up while you're here. It's dangerous here in the Darkfin marshes. I have heard and I have seen. We appreciate your patronage and we will find the nearest inn so we can lay down some coin as well as our heads. Very good then, travelers. Stay safe and don't get into any trouble here in our town. And he steps to the side welcoming you all to Olgrog. And as the gates open, you all can see that it's a fairly busy town. Many orc, orcish um, people are walking about, but you also see a lot of other races too. It's a very mixed basket here in Olgrog. Many travelers make this like their, their resting point while they're traveling in the dark fed marshes. It's a great place to, to stay. And for the most part, it's safe and far away from any of the Roktar followers, the zealots that follow the, the evil god of conquest and violence. So for the most part, your party would feel fairly safe here in Ogrog. But as you walk in, uh, Esko's looking around and she's she's a bit she's sweating a bit from all of the uh, the heat and the humidity, and she's she's not liking it whatsoever. She's not used to swampy territories. And as you guys traveled here, you had to go through some of that swamp. So you definitely have gotten your armor and your clothing wet with swamp-like water. You've had to traverse disgusting areas here at the Darkfin Marshes. But as you're, as you're arriving into the town, Eska is looking around. Oh, I must find some place to wash up. Please, this is, I guess this is the place to restock our supplies. Let us do that and get some rest. I'm going to find somewhere to bathe. This, this territory, this weather, I do not like it. Ah, <laughs> uh, you are. You must be rolling in it at this time, huh? Oh, I miss this weather. It's so nice. Helps to reach in and moisten up some of those craggly bits, huh? <laughs> uh, I gotta wash my boots. I would agree that it's very moist here. And the mosquitoes here are like. terrible. They don't seem to bother me. You have a hard shell. Of course you do not feel it. That'll grow on you all, I'm sure. I feel bad for the wolf. 
Uh, it's probably not going to get any cooler for you, little wolf. <laughs> I mean, if it would help, we could shave him. <laughs> Jesus. I'm going to have to decline that offer. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't trying to be mean. It's just trying to help him out, you know, keep him cool. I understand that. For some, it's, it can be quite hot here. You know, apologies. So in this town, um, so I'm guessing in this town, it has all the amenities that a, 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 yes, a common town would. A yes, blacksmith. With a, yes, or, sir. Definitely has everything a traveler <laughs> or an adventurer would need to continue their travels. All the amenities you need. And like I said, there's several shops around for anything you might need. There's taverns. There's people that would are willing to answer any questions about the territory. There's also guides, too, you could possibly hire to show you around. But the town is as welcoming as you would expect. For those that are not too familiar with the Darkfin Marshes, a town like this might come off as a surprise. But for those that have been here, I mean, many of the Orcish tribes that have left that, that, that way of life of following Roktar, they have picked up new modern way of life of most of the other nations and it's just like visiting any other town in any of the other nations that's welcoming other than obviously it being in a swamp (laughs) (laughs) so um am i able to would i have to do a perception check to see well well first things first uh i guess get our we're all kind of like taking a break to clean up or are we just free to free to wander Oh, I can promise you this, Sam. I am definitely finding a place I can wash the mud out of my boots and off my very nice cape. I've had this armor for so long, and I almost lost a boot walking here. (laughs) Maybe you should grow a little, man. If I get much taller, I'll fall. You know what, Noah? uh, You know, there's always room to grow. (laughs) Well, I wanted to uh, I wanted to do a perception check and then see like uh, use my thieves chant to see if there's anything that's like uh, like secrets, any kind of dialect or anything that people have left in the past in this town. Is, would that be a perception or should I just do the thieves chant? Do your thieves your thieves can't. Let me see. Can't, You've learned can't, thieves can't. can't a secret mix of dialect jargon and code that allow you to hide messages and seemingly normal conversation it takes four times longer to convey such a message that is as to speak okay so based off that that's more about speaking to someone um, uh, and trying to catch on any particular message that someone would be talking in Um, so you if you're trying to find more of like something that stands out that'd be more of a perception check oh okay then never mind Okay. I'm, I'm just going to head to the inn and clean my boots and loincloth. Okay. So with that, uh, the party then, it seems, you all are able to find the nearest inn or tavern. And as you enter the inn, there's a orcish lady standing there. And she notices all of you enter. Ah, welcome to my inn. How can I help you lovely travelers? Do you serve uh, co- um, coffee here? Coffee, Co- yes. Of course we have coffee. We have all <laughs> the anemones that you would need from a from an inn. Just because we're in the Darkfin marshes, 
does not mean we don't have everything some of the fancy inns might have in Estelle Duin. We do a lot of trade here. So yes, we have coffee. Oh, I like that. I, I like just, that. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm no, sorry. I'm with you, Laura. <laughs> Laura. <laughs> ah, I like the cut of her jig. <laughs> what kind of coffee you got? Smells oh, like mud and earth in here, and I'm sure it's going to be strong. Oh, yes. We take pride in our strong coffee here in Ogrog. We have all kinds of coffee here. I would suggest you try some of the orcish brew that we've come up with here in the Darkfin Marshes. It's much stronger and much better for you than that sissy shit from Estelle Deween that them elves come up with. <laughs> Yolar's eyes just light up with glee as uh, they say that. Yes, this brew is said to put hair not only in your chest, but on your back, on your cheeks, and sometimes in your ass crack. <laughs> I'll pass on the coffee then. I don't need any more hair there. What else can I do for you? Looking for a place to stay as well? What's the biggest room you have? The biggest room we have can fit probably about five adventurers. I'd be willing to throw in on it if you guys are. How and much? It's, it's definitely been some time since I've shared my room with a bunch of youngsters. <laughs> well, except for you, Kai. You're probably twice my age. But um, I, I'm going to go ahead and err to the side of singularity. I, I would like to have a singular room so I have time to converse and speak uh, with Penella. Ah, so if you want singular rooms, that's fine, too. We have plenty, so it looks like you're, there's five of you here, so we have, we have more than enough room to split between all five of you, unless some of you wish to share a room. And Esco's gonna look around, no, no, I think I'd like my own. Ah, yes, the only woman in the party, it looks like. Yes, you deserve your own room. Hey, don't forget about Luna. <laughs> I'm sure she was heavily offended. <laughs> <laughs> she starts to snarl. <laughs> ears, no. ears perked up like, excuse me, bitch? Hey, you ain't the only bitch here. <laughs> so I the... guess if nobody else would want to share a room with me, I know I do snore. I'll take my own room. Very well. Individual rooms are priced at about, let's see here, about five gold each. I know it's a hefty amount. However, we are deep in the Darkfin marshes, and it's a very dangerous territory. You, we have to make as much money as we can. I'll pay the five. All right, so uh, Eskas will pay as well, and all of you are basically able to get your own room unless you decline paying five gold. Is everyone cool with paying the five? Ilar uh, yeah. is actually going to give the um the attendee five gold but he declines a room he just wants the coffee he said <laughs> he'll sleep outside because he you know he's a little homesick so okay how much coffee is he buying <laughs> yeah that is that is a lot of coffee for five <laughs> five whole gold pieces <laughs> how much did you pay for coffee did just i walk away 
<laughs> he doesn't know he doesn't know proper protocols. He's just used to being outside all the time. So uh, he uh, doesn't have know. somebody coming out every hour with a cup of coffee. Here you go, sir. Uh, 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 miss, uh, if possible, could we have that uh, coffee still ground and in bags? I don't. I don't think he needs. That's a lot of coffee. Oh, that's fine by me. He looks. Uh, she looks at Yular, Mister Tortle. You gave me five gold, but you're not staying in a room. Coffee does not cost that much, my friend. Oh, uh, I'm uh, my apologies. I'm just not really used to staying in uh, indoors. How about this? Give me one gold, and I'll make sure you have all the coffee you require for the next day. Ooh, why? Thank you. You are so kind. You as are, excited as he is, I think you might go out of business with that offer. You're more than welcome. And she gives every single one of you, except for Yalar, a key to your own room. And she points over past her shoulder up these stairs that leads up to all of the rooms. Just right behind me, up the stairs, you'll find all of your rooms. There's room numbers on the doors, and you also see the key number on your key that matches room numbers. Now... We also have breakfast here that starts at around 6 a.m. and it goes on for about two hours. Complimentary. Oh, well, do do I need to, uh, can I pay for that as well? I mean, I would love to enjoy it. Oh, my dear, my dear turtle friend, the one gold you've provided is more than enough for a simple breakfast and many cups of coffee. You're welcome to join breakfast. Is there anything else that I can do for you while you're here? Any questions about the town or area that you'd like to know, my my friendly travelers? Sam wants to know where the uh, weaponsmith and armorsmith is located in town. Ah, looking for a weapon and armorsmith, I see. Indeed, we have plenty of those. Step outside. Go to your left down the main road, and you won't, you can't miss them. They're right next to one another. Thank you. Anything else? Now, do you all know about the about the Darkfen marshes? I don't know where you might be traveling to, but keep in mind, it is a dangerous territory if you don't understand the lay of the land or the people that live within it. Do you know the territory very well? Well, uh, it's been uh, quite a few years, for me at least. Uh, Yalar comes from these parts, and I'm sure he could get us from uh, one end to the other. Quite necessary. <laughs> we'll be avoiding uh, Grokron Hold, I can tell you that much. <laughs> Very smart indeed. You would not want to get close to them. I've heard lately that they've gotten a little bit more harsh, with some of the captives that they have taken. Now, my friends, definitely avoid the western side of Darkfin Marshes. If I were you, I wouldn't go anywhere near the west side. Oh, well, if anything, our plans are probably to go traipsing through some of the swampland just to the northwest of here and make our way across some of that open area just outside of Elohim Ruins and get to the border. Um, do you know of any quick routes that we might be able to save some time? She looks, and you mentioned Elowin Ruin. She goes, 
My goodness. Uh, there is the main routes you can take through going to the southern side of those ruins. However, the main routes have been fairly dangerous lately. What were you trying to get to? Uh, well, our goal is to get into Zogun. Uh, once we can get into Zogun, we can take our straightaway there to be able to meet up with some friends towards the far west of Zogun. Ah, I see. Well, it's a good thing I asked you. Lots of, lots of bad, bad skirmishes. A lot of those tribes that follow Roktar have been seen on the northern side of Darkfin Marshes. Nothing like the west side. However, there have been a lot of reports of many of their, their tribe soldiers tiptoeing around the north end. We've had a lot of reports that skirmishes between the factions and tribes have been taking place. If that's the route you're attempting to take, I probably would avoid the main roads, my friends. You'll probably see a lot of our, our side of the soldiers defending the roads, but I can't say how safe it is for simple travelers. Probably the best bet would be, like you said, you want to travel along the north side of the Darkfin marches, along the border, going into the Atoni hunting grounds. Don't go too far into those hunting grounds, though. If you don't know about the Atoni hunting grounds in the Kurumo Plains, that's where all the danger looks. Many, many beasts that many would like to avoid in those territories. It's called the hunting grounds because only the strong that wish to challenge their strength go there. But I would stick around the borders, like you said, the Elowin ruins. Yes, yes, the old elven citadel that lies there. There is a path, I hear, will lead you from the ruins out of the swamp into the Atoni hunting grounds. And from there, there is the Falgar River. You can cross the Falgar River and be in Zogun almost in a couple of days from the ruins. You won't have to travel through the marshes. I guarantee none of those crazy Roktar zealots would be up there. I can tell you this, miss. You have saved us tremendous amounts of time and... For these old bones, we appreciate your assistance. Of course. Now, I apologize if the main roads have had some issues lately. That would be the fastest path for you all to get through to Zogun, but it is probably more dangerous this time of the year. Apparently, like I said, there are many reports of these skirmishes taking place, and many of our, our brethren have, have fallen to those zealots. So be very careful out there, adventurers. Thank you. Well, I don't know about the rest of you, but the sooner I get to bed, the sooner I can get to breakfast. <laughs> so for me, I want to, now that I got my room, I want to go out and check out the um, the armor shop. Still kind of looking for a cloak. Okay, so we'll go ahead and say that uh, Eska is immediately going to go to her room and relax and I'm assuming Eckert's doing the same. Yalar, you're going outside, finding some place to stay. Uh, Kai, what are you doing? I'm going to head upstairs as well. Okay. <clears throat> so, Sam, as you leave, you turn your left outside of the inn. You go down the main road. And just as the orc lady had mentioned, you instantly almost find the weaponsmith and the armory right next to one another. You can see 
there's signs for it. And the signs are all labeled in common language for everyone to understand. So it's fairly easy for you to even find it and read the languages here. But you get there and there are several orcs at both the armory and the weaponsmith. And they're basically, you know, they're at work. So you step forward towards both of these smithies and you're looking for a cloak, you said? Well, yeah, yeah. I was wanting to know about how much it would get me or how much uh, a cloak would get me or cost me, excuse me. And then I want to try to see if there's anything that I can get because I'm, I'm a big guy using a little itty bitty rapier. Uh, so I wanted to try to see if there's anything that my class could use that's a little bit bigger, um, a little bit easier for my hand to fit in. You know, you got your rapier that's kind of tiny, you know, small handle. Okay. But I don't, I just want to know how much and stuff like that. Cause from what my character sheet says, it says I have a hundred or well, 95 gold pieces. <clears throat> okay. Which I don't know if that's correct or not. You're fine. So, so uh, keep in mind your character being a Goliath, you're still considered a medium sized character. Okay. Um, so you're not a large, like an ogre by any means. I mean, you're probably going to be obviously one of the taller races out of all the medium sized humanoids. Mm -hmm. However, because you're still medium sized, you, your rapier can be custom to your size. It's still going to count as a normal rapier's damage and everything but your rapier can be built to your character's size. Oh, so, okay. So I would say because you're a rogue, you, you can't get heavy. You, you wouldn't be able to wield heavy weapons without losing out on some of your rogue abilities. Gotcha. You potentially can harm your skill set by going with a weapon that doesn't have finesse tied to it. Okay. So for, for simplicity's sake, we'll just say that your rapier is custom built to fit someone of your size. It's still a medium weapon. It still does the same damage as a normal rapier, but it's more along the lines of your size. That would, and that will save you gold as well. But I mean, you, you're more than welcome to ask for maybe, you know, other types of weapons if you want. I just want you to let you know if you choose to get a heavier weapon of some sort that does not have the finesse attribute, mm -hmm. you won't be able to do wield or do your sneak attack. Oh, actually, so. So as a rogue, I can dual wield then? You can. Everyone can technically dual wield. But as a rogue, you can. Basically, if you have two light weapons and finesse weapons, you can basically do your sneak attack and attack twice. Oh, so what you're saying is if I bought another dagger, per se, right? If I got another dagger, I could do my sneak attack with my dagger twice. Yeah, you could do you could do attack with your rapier and then attack with your dagger. Oh, I didn't know that. Man, I've been I've been missing out. Okay, well, um, then I'll just go for trying to find a cloak of some sort. Okay. Uh, oh, well, that cloak being the size that I am, I mean, I'm still a medium character, but I'm a, on the taller side, being a rogue. Um, it will the will the cloak or anything like that give me any kind of bonuses to like my um, my stealth? Depending on the cloak, okay. potentially yes. All right, yeah. Then I'll I'll just look for a cloak. All right, the orcish um, armor. He sees you kind of eyeing the equipment. Ah, here to shop around, are you, my friend? What can I help you with? I'm looking for some wares. 
And what kind of wares are that may you be looking for? I know I am a large gentleman, but I'm looking for a cloak to help me conceal myself a little better. A cloak, you say, to conceal yourself. <laughs> You're quite the big fella. Much bigger than, than I. I can see why you want to conceal yourself even more. Uh, let me think here. I don't really dabble too much in cloaks, but we do have a few here. Come over here. Step to the side, my friend. And he, he pulls you over to some stands that have some clothing <laughs> armor on them. But there's, some, there's a couple of cloaks there. Uh, we have a couple here that would fit your size. Uh, let's see here. There's a dark blue cloak here. You have a specific color you want. Uh, dark colors, preferably. Mm, yes. Well, you know, most of these cloaks are just really going to protect you from, you know, some rain or whatever. As far as helping your stealth, that has to do with, you know, you're going to have to have some magic involved. And let's see here. I do have this this cloak here it has some runes inscribed within inside this cloak. Now it's a magic cloak. It's going to cost you quite a bit of gold for something like this, but I'm sure it would help you in your stealthy adventures. Um, something like this though, it's going to cost you, uh, you know, probably about, I'd say 300 gold coins. Oh, uh, okay. Let me see if, uh, no bartering skills per persuasion. You can, you can attempt to barter if you like. Uh, you'd have to definitely roll roll one of your skill checks for me. Probably, probably would be a persuasion check Oof. of some kind. All right. So was oh, that perf oh, performance? Damn it! That was a good roll too. Oh, a one. Oh right, no. <laughs> <laughs> price just went up it went from 19 <laughs> to 1 oh my god all right, all right no I'll, I'll give you the 17 just because you meant you meant to do both performance and persuasion are off the charisma skill. i start dancing to him so we'll, you know? we'll, i'll say the first roll 17 so what do you say to try and convince him to to reduce the price um just I just want to uh, maybe like talk to him about how he doesn't know what the like the runes are. You know, you're selling something that are kind of I could use, you know, it's just my size. You know, it, it would greatly help me in my adventures to uh, further, further help this country. You know, just just some <laughs> typical persuasion. You know, I'm on a long journey. My friend, oh, my friend, I'm no fool now. Now, yeah, this cloak has been here for a while, and I would love to sell it, but dropping it too low, I cannot do. Tell you what, I like you. I do. I can drop it from 300 to, how about 210? And I ask him if he has any, like, help that he needs around the shop, anything heavy lifting. Like, I'm a, I'm, I have... Uh... He's willing to pay with sweat equity. <laughs> yeah, my, my powerful build lets me uh, carry, push, drag, and lift things uh, that normal normal people cannot. Uh, so. I'll tell you what, you know, seems like you're a hard worker. You're willing to do the work for this kind of stuff. Uh, well, there are some things I could have done around here. It's not going to be easy, but it would help drive the cost down. 
You're an adventurer. Do you have any friends that are willing to give you a little extra gold? Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) About that. We are all not wealthy in the slightest. Um, Do you have anything you can trade and sell, possibly? I'm always willing to buy certain things. I reach in my pockets. I pull out a some ball bearings um <laughs> uh, you're reaching for the stars I, I got nothing in my pockets really i got i got my leather armor my ball bearings i can't run around without no armor though um i have a dagger a rapier a short bow and yeah i can't really get rid of it all right tell you what tell you what i have the hand of an enemy from our last fight <laughs> i don't want a hand now I'll drop it down to 210 gold off bat, just just because I know you're friendly. But you're going to have to come up with a a bit more coin and help around. If you help, if you can do some heavy lifting for me, I can take off probably another 30 gold from that. But I can't take it much further than that. This is a very rare cloak around these parts, especially a stealthy one with ruins like this. This is the kind of stuff magic people have to, you know, spend money to imbue so it's gonna cost you quite a bit i mean i'll drop it to probably 180 at most all right so from there i will go say say i'll 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 agree to that uh let me go back to the hotel or excuse me the inn we're staying in um and i kind of uh catch people as they're walking or i don't know Yalar's outside. Kai's kind of wandering around with Yalar went with you, by the way. Oh, Yalar's behind me. I look back and I see Yalar, and uh, I basically ask him if he could uh, spare spare anything. And then if not, then I'm going to go back and ask Eska and Kai when I run into him. Eckerd well, and Kai, I have Kai's a great room. Okay, so I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll walk over to Yalar, ask him what he has, if he's willing to. Uh, shave off a little bit and then i'll go back to the inn and kind of barter with my friends all right so i walk uh, i guess i walk over to yular or and uh say i didn't i didn't realize you followed me ah yes um uh, you being a tall fellow you don't seem to look down an awful lot i'm i'm sorry i hope <laughs> i didn't step on you at all um so <laughs> uh I'm I'm looking into getting a cloak over here, and it's a little out of my price range. Is there any way that you'd be willing to help? Perhaps, but Bog uh, <coughs> is kind of looking for something myself. Uh, I was looking for maybe a dagger, or something of that nature. But I have I an extra sure dagger you. that I'd be mm. willing to sell you. I was just wondering if uh, there's anything particular in here. There's still fresh blood on it from the from the man that I stabbed earlier on in our adventure, and you crushed his head with the rock. I'm trying to play. Why do you think I like blood for? You seem to enjoy it when you were basically cl- covered in it. I mean, wasn't really enjoying it. I mean, was just giving that man justice. Well, there's yeah. here is a reminder of your justice. That just seems like something that's. Uh, sacrificial and i'm not really into that thing no you are no i'm not into it i just need some coins so i can get a cloak you don't have to 
kind of yell at me then. I'm not. No, no, no. I don't yell. You would not like to see me yell. Definitely not a good sign. You're my friend. You and you and the rock are friends. Where is a rock that you're talking about? The, the, there, in, on the staff, Bog. The, he is not a rock. Yes, I know. I said he was my friend. You called him a rock. Uh, I'm sorry for bothering you, Yilar. I may not help you now. Oh, don't Just be like that. apologize to Bog. I'm sorry, Bog, we'll for calling you a rock. You're not a rock. You're my friend. What do you say? Then I mutter. I'm like, do you, can't. Uh, Accept his apology. As he's talking to the the uh, bog, I kind of like I can't believe I'm talking to a rock. Can I can I do a perception check to see if I heard that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Good. Oh, no. I think it's a nat twenty. Oh. oh. <laughs> Should have just left out the rock part. Apology not. Accept it. What do you want me to do? Kiss it? No, Bog is not in that sort of thing. I mean, I don't know what lies you're into, but Bog is not into the lies. See, and I we like we, tourists. And tourists. I, I thought we were friends. I thought so too. Jesus, I just made an enemy with the, <laughs> the crazy, crazy turtle with a rock. Oh. I didn't say that out loud. I said that in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I, so I start to walk away and I go back to know, and insane. realize oh, we're in your head too. <laughs> <laughs> I sli- slightly start to look around as I sense the presence of uh, Eckerd like looming, looming somewhere. <laughs> but uh, I'll go back to the inn after Yolar kind of turns me down and I'll uh, I'll go over and knock on Kai's door and say, I hope I'm not bothering you. No, you're not. <laughs> come um, on in. I've come I've come to be a little short for an item that I I would greatly use in uh, in the item shop, uh, and was wondering if you would be willing to uh, share some of the wealth that you've acquired during our journeys and during that last fight that I was a uh, a human human statue. How much do you need? Um, I say thirty gold pieces would 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 do well. Sure. Awesome. So, <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> um, I I greatly thank Kai. As I'm walking out, I kind of give Luna a pat on her head, um, and say thank you for your time. And then I uh, proceed over to Eckerd, and uh, knock give a give a knock on his door. <gasps> Uh, you kind of aroused him very, uh, very much out of his sleep. Oh no! <laughs> who's who's come knocking at this hour? Uh, oh, it's really not that late. But who's knocking? Huh? It's Sam. Uh, Sam, what do you need? Um, I have uh, come to find a very, very. Um, great item at the item shop and i am a little short i would uh i would very much appreciate the help that if you could if you could lend me a few few coin rookie mistake getting caught in a shopping episode okay um hmm so how much coin do you need 
About 30 gold pieces. 30 gold pieces. What are you going to do for me? Um, hmm. I'm sure that somewhere along the, the journey, I can owe you a favor. Carrier pack, for instance. A favor or... from a very loud rogue. Hmm. <laughs> well, I've had less. He opens his door, and uh, you see he's got his, uh, he's just got his, like, ceremonial tunic, and this is the first time you've seen him without his full armor on. Um, and uh, he is an older man. Uh, <laughs> I'm just joshing you, kid. Uh, so 30 gold, huh? All right. Let me go rummaging here. Um, I have 130 gold, so I'll give him 30. Uh, he, puts, he puts 30 gold to him, and he just says... Now, uh, I hope what you're buying is uh, worth your time here, friend. I, I think that it will serve us well in our journeys. Mm, fair. Uh, well, you go and uh, handle and get whatever you need. If it helps you to feel that much more safe, then uh, I'm going to go back and finish my rest. Okay. Thank you, friend. You're welcome. Okay, for, so from there... God, this is taking a lot longer than I thought it would. Um, <laughs> it slams door. <laughs> um, I go from there to Eska. And I Can like, I make a perception check to see if I hear him like asking everybody? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, you definitely. He's going to open up the door. How much do you really need? Um, I would say another 50 gold pieces. How much do you have already? Uh, 155. How about this? I'll give you 25 more gold pieces. And I'm going to tell you now, whatever you get along the travel, you're giving me half. Okay. Until the debt is paid. Yeah, but you've not done business with an old man like me. Oh, so I charge interest, I compound, but here's your 25. So I'm at 180 now. Uh, well, hopefully that's enough for you to get what you need, because uh, you might be walking out a little bit less of yourself if you go and ask Esco for that. <laughs> yeah, I figured. All right, so from there, I thank, I thank Eckerd. I... Um, take my 180 gold and I go back to the smithy and okay. I tell him I have found 160 gold because I need 20 at least to uh, continue our journeys um, and ask him if this will suffice and a few hours of work of carrying heavy heavy things for for the 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 gentleman that was um that was there the orcish armor smith he sees orcish, you coming back <laughs> so you have 160 gold huh well i was saying i drop it down to 180 if you do some work but let's see how well you uh those muscles really are on you start stocking boy right back there it's gonna take you all night let's get to work and after you get things done and see how you do without ruining any of my goods, then we'll determine if you can buy it for 160. How about that? 
immediately starts to get to work and starts <laughs> busting ass. Absolute busting ass. All right. So the, the armor smith basically has you working there for almost till till midnight. I Do mean, I get any kind of like time cut off? Like I because I got a 25. On your acrobatics, you're doing acrobatics. Is is that the because uh, they did the see? I didn't. I was gonna do strength, uh, but that was a strength savings throw. So I thought the acrobatics would be you like do, uh, uh, athletics would be the better option. Oh, damn it! Athletics would be based off of your strength. <laughs> well, <laughs> wasting my good rolls. <laughs> so with an eight, an eight of athletics, you're you're not you're not overly impressive. You're, you're pretty standard, but he still makes you work hard. He appreciates hard work. And at, let's just say throughout the night up till midnight, the, the orc armor smith, he goes, <laughs> you're, not as, you're not as fast as I had hoped, but you're getting work done that I don't have to do. I appreciate that a lot. A hard worker is always a good worker in my eyes. So keep up the hard work. Get more of this done. By midnight, we'll talk about that cloak. How about that? Okay. I'll just All keep, right. continue to work. Okay, so the rest of the night, Sam finds himself working hard at this armor smith. Everyone else, you're all able to basically wash up, relax, and get another long night's rest without any worry. You feel a bit more safe in the town of oh, Ogrog. Hey, Brian, I was trying to look for maybe a weapon or anything of that Sorry. nature as well in the shop. My escapade kind of went on okay. for a while. Uh, what kind of weapon are you looking for? I was just looking for like a dagger or some some kind of, of nature of that. Yeah, so the, the armor or the, the weaponsmith, the blacksmith, they definitely have several daggers. Again, there's another orcish individual in there. The uh, blacksmith is points you to all the daggers and one-handed blades that you might be interested in and you see most of the weapons here are common weapons they don't really have a lot of magic items the cloak was a one-off kind of thing no i just see this one dagger kind of looks different become uh from the others and just ask how how much is it ah the dagger there that's a finely made dagger that cost you about three gold coins hmm. uh he gives him the clerk the uh, three gold coins, and he kind of whispers in his ear, offering him another thirty gold, uh, just to cover what Sam was lacking a little bit. Now, don't tell him I gave you this. I like to see him work hard for uh, making fun of my friend. <laughs> <laughs> so I hand him thirty-three gold. Okay, so the org takes it it's not the same orc that sam was talking to but that oh. orc, but th both of the shops connect to one another so that orc okay. sees sam working and the, the two orcs talk so he just looks over his shoulder at sam who's working hard at the web or the armor smith and he looks over <laughs> you got yourself a deal we're gonna make sure he works hard jesus christ thank you dear sir you guys have a good night now you do the same. Now that dagger, just a common dagger rod. It, it's basically one d four piercing damage. It's okay. considered a, a finesse and a light weapon, and you can also throw it 
as well up to uh 20 20 feet and up all the way up to 60 depending on certain situations so with that then is there anything else anyone wants to do before we go ahead and, and kind of skip through time here i want to walk no, out right just going to find a alley to go sleep in okay. after i'm done working i want to wash up a little bit and yeah do that all right so after sam finishes up working it's about midnight and the orc comes up to you ah very well very well you did a good job son here's your cloak he hands you the cloak and it, it's a, it's a pretty good fitting the cloak has all of the runes that give it its magical attributes inside of it so it doesn't shine brightly for others to see. But as soon as you throw the cloak on, you feel a bit more you feel a bit more light and swift. And basically what this cloak provides you is a plus one to your stealth checks. <laughs> okay. Um, how would I okay, so I go to armor. So basically, whenever you roll a stealth, just add a one to it yourself, or you can actually input that one as an extra if you'd like. But just remember, if you don't, just add one to whenever you do a stealth. So with that, then, everyone else, you're able to rest up for the night, and seven or six or seven o'clock hits. The breakfast has begun downstairs at the inn. Eska's already sitting at one of the tables. She's having some tea, and consuming some of the local delicacies here in the town of Ogrog. And let's go ahead and start from there. Who, who's all who's all already awake and what's everyone doing? Sam looks a little tired, but he's sitting there eating breakfast. She looks, Eska's looking over at Sam. My dear friend, you look extremely exhausted. Did you not rest at all last night? No, not really. I was put to work by the the smithy put to work you say why did why were you put to work i got this really cool cloak you see it helps me and helps us as an as a as a, a group to uh slay our enemies i see so some form of magics are tied to it i would say interesting and she's going to look at Anyone else that might be near there? Is Yalar in there eating breakfast? Uh, Yalar comes in from outside, stretching, big smile on his face, looks real well rested. Oh, well, good morning. Mm, breakfast set smells mighty tasty. Oh, hi, Sam. You look well. Real rested, huh? Yeah. I got a few hours of sleep. I'll be all right. Hmm. You worked hard, did you? I did. <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> did you enjoy your sleep with your rock? He just, like, frowns at him. Do not make fun of Bog again. Please. There's going to be some TK going on here in a bit. Be but he sits down. Guy. He uh, starts eating breakfast. Um, then he asks, "May I have uh, your biggest pot of coffee, please?" One of the servers, "Yes, of course." And they bring you the biggest 
pot of coffee that they have. Oh, God. <laughs> and he starts just drinking from the pot. And what is Kai and Eckert doing at this point? Kai's just chilling in the room. That's it. Hmm. Ah, morning time. I've been looking forward to this. And he comes uh, tracing down whatever uh, stairwell or whatever from the rooms that there is. And uh, uh, he's heading down for the uh, continental breakfast. If you, you get what I'm saying here. <laughs> um, he All of his armor and everything is actually on his pack on his back. And he sets it down with this loud boom down at his uh, table. And he just goes, um, I'll have one of the breakfast. Yes, please. All right. So the one of the servers brings Eckerd the food that is requested, and they bring whatever else that the party requests. And surprisingly, the food is fairly good. It's not bad. I wouldn't I, complain if up, it was. Oh, <laughs> I, I would speak up to uh, Eckerd. Morning, Eckerd. The uh, coffee is really great. So is the breakfast. You should have some. It I'm going to do just that. Great. What was that you said there, Yalaw? The coffee is really great. So is the breakfast. Mmm, it's so tasty. <laughs> I bet you there's a pot of honey in there for you there, Pooh. Um, well, who's Pooh? Sorry, I had a flashback. Um, <laughs> I'll take a cup of coffee and uh, also... Do you have any freshly squeezed juice? Yes, we have some juice. Mm-hmm. What kind of juice you looking for? We have we have some orange juice. Believe it or not, we got cranberry juice as well. Uh-huh. And we also have some pineapple juice fresh from the beaches of Estelle Duin. Ooh, well, all of that sounds right up my alley. Why don't you... Uh... Go ahead and put the orange juice and the pineapple juice together, and we'll just say that's a right proper cocktail for me in the morning. <laughs> um, no cranberry juice, though. I, I'm regular. All right, very well. And he, he grabs the drink for you and provides it to you. And like I said, everyone is able to have a decent meal. The drinks are fine as well. And time goes by, and Kai is still missing, it seems. Oh, no, I, I'm in that room. I'm just not like. Oh, oh okay. I'm I thought you were still in your room. In the back. room. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. What's Luna doing? Is she with you? Yeah. Okay. All right. So after that, then uh, Eska is going to stand up and look at the group. All right, then, gentlemen, are we ready to go? We can't stay here for much longer. We don't want to give them. Any more time to catch up to us. I doubt they'd attack us here in town. We're probably safe here, but we don't want them to try and jump us after we leave. So leaving as soon as possible, I believe, is best. If you if you don't agree with me, let me know. But I think it is time to go. Oh, uh, well, if we just give it about 30 minutes to let this settle, all right? Just, just 30 minutes to let it settle, and then I'm okay. Very well. Eska, did you uh, enjoy your breakfast? The breakfast was fine. It was different, but it was adequate. You know what? I must try one of uh, your breakfast from the shy. 
I'm very curious to know what that would be like. It depends on what nation you go to and visit, Inishai. But back where I come from, Aloria, we have very light breakfasts here. The breakfast here in the Darkfin Marsh is very heavy. Well, yeah, we do like to uh, partake in our meals here. So with that then, um, Eska, she's going to give the 30 or so minutes to Eckert as requested. 30 minutes comes by, and with that, she grabs her bag, and she's going to meet everyone outside of the inn. And as everyone steps out, you know, there's still plenty of people walking around, not as much as there were yesterday, considering the time of the morning. But no one really gets into your guys' way. There's still many travelers and adventurers in this town. There's no adventurers guild in this particular town. It's too small for one. But there is an adventurers guild located in Zagra, the, the uh, merchant city. But that's all the way to the south of where you're currently located. So that's a place you don't need to go to. But as mentioned, the quickest path to Zogun would be through the El- Elowen ruins following the northern border of the Darkfin Marshes leading into the Kurumo Plains. So that would be the path that the party would most likely take to avoid any additional danger from the Roktar Zealots. But we can go ahead and say that the party begins their travel up north, kind of following the swampy borders into the Atoni hunting grounds. So for the Atoni hunting grounds, this would be something else that I'd like for everyone to roll some history checks on. Yes, you have the extra coffee, Rod. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Sam with a, a 10, Kai with 15, Eckerd with a 15, and uh, Yalar with the 10. So Eckerd and Kai would know more about the Atoni hunting grounds right above the Darkfin Marshes. There is an area, a very large area in the nation known as the Kurumo Plains. The Kurumo Plains is home to many of the halflings that live in Tirister and many of the wild beasts, such as several different types of lizards, what you would call them in today's world, dinosaurs of whatnot. But the Atoni hunting grounds rests in the Kurumo Plains on the southern edge going into the Darkfin Marshes. In the Atoni hunting grounds, Eckerd and Kai You both know the different types of large and gargantuan monsters that roam those lands. Both of you have a a fairly good understanding of that place being off limits for travelers. It is a very dangerous area, and it's called the Atoni Hunting Grounds only because many people that go there are going there to hunt specific beasts in order to either bring a trophy home of some kind or to test their strength. Most hunters that go into the Atoni grounds, hunting grounds do not come out alive. Many of them come out dead on stretchers and fucking carts. So the two of you definitely know the different types of beasts that are there. Kai, um, I mean, um, Sam and Yalar, you know of the Atoni hunting grounds, but you don't necessarily understand what kind of beasts would be there. You know it's a dangerous place, and you know the generic or the the common knowledge of it, but you don't understand it as much as Eckerd and Kai would. But you're kind of on the along the 
border of the Darkfin Marshes walking that touches into the Atoni hunting grounds. But Eckerd and Eckerd and Kai, you would probably know for sure. I would say you would definitely know for sure not to cross too far into that area. But we're going to go ahead and say you begin traveling. And as you do so, you can see there are many of the Orcish soldiers from Ograg kind of standing around the main path. And some of them speak with you as you're stepping outside of the town. And they all warn you of the potential threat of the Roktar zealots possibly showing up on the main roads. So they basically say, you know, you're more than welcome to travel the main roads, but we can't protect you if you are to be attacked by any of the other tribes. So at that point, we're going to go ahead and say you're traveling through the marshes. And as you're traveling, it takes you a couple of days. And we're going to do some fast traveling just because um, you're, you're trying to get to another, two other nations to the West. But as you're traveling, you know, it's just think of time in the swamps. It's not fun. It's very humid. It's disgusting. Very moist. Um, you come across, you know, you come across some friendly, friendly um, darkfin marshes, denizens, such as some goblins. There's some friendly uh, orcs and other adventurers that cross your way. But the Elowin ruins are not too far from your current location. And let's go ahead and say it is about five o'clock in the afternoon. It's been a couple of days, probably about a week since you left Ogrog and you're walking on foot. You notice that clouds begin to form above and you quickly hear thunder in the distance. And as you hear the crackling sound of thunder, everyone go ahead and make me a nature check. Not my best. Uh, let's see. Okay. That's sad. I grew up in nature, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Eckerd with a three, Kyle with a seven. Uh, it might rain. <laughs> and uh, Rod with, or um, Yalar with a 13. So Kai and Eckerd, you both blowing lower than 10. You, you hear the thunder and you quickly, uh, quickly assume that, you know, it might rain. There might be a storm coming. You, that's your assumption because of the thunder. But Yalar and Sam, as you hear the thunder, you definitely know. You're looking around. You can see the trees surrounding you in the swamp. The, the way the wind begins to blow, you understand that there is a storm coming. But Yalar and Sam, you also understand that the current terrain you're in, walking through this swampy terrain, that you need to find shelter fairly soon. And staying out here in the swamp wouldn't be the best thing to do with the storm particularly because of the, the creatures that might come out during the storm. But as you both understand, the storm is on its way. You're not very far from the ruins. The, the ruins are pretty close. So what are you all going to do? Are you going to continue towards these ruins, or are you going to try and find somewhere else to, to stay? I'm going to so, do a survival check, if that's okay. Yeah. That's what Eckert's going to do. Go ahead, Sam. So I did a perception check um, and I want to see if there's any kind of like tall, like any kind of like, I know we're in a swamp, but is there any kind of crevices or any kind of like cave surroundings or higher ground that we can get to, to try to get out of, of any of the um, like the harsh conditions. So we don't flood. 
So as you're looking around with your perception check, um, you ne don't necessarily see any high ground. The swamps in the area that you currently are in, it's pretty flat only because it's so close to the Kurumo Plains. Mm -hmm. The area that you're in, there's like I said, you don't find or see any particular caverns or caves. Like or safe any, trees? There's trees, but none of them would be big enough for you to necessarily hunker down in during the storm. You have a feeling it's going to be a heavy storm, and these trees might not protect you completely from the storm that you feel coming. I'll let you do, Eckerd. I'll let you do your survival check. Uh, I rolled a 15 for my survival. Okay. And um, what, what exactly are you attempting to do with the survival? What are you Eckerd. trying to survive? Yeah, so Eckerd, right. Eckerd's trying to uh, kind of get a gauge on if he's going to be able to get them to the ruins within the time frame before we really start get, getting hit with too much rainfall. Um, so he's trying to kind of gauge whether it makes more sense for him to, you know, look to see if we can get natural cover or make it to the ruins. So being that Eckert has traversed through the Darkwood Marshes and he is aware of these specific ruins, he understands that the ruins are fairly close. If you were to make way first towards the ruins, you wouldn't make it in time. However, you'd probably only be stuck in the storm for probably about 20 or so to 30 minutes of the storm if you make it to the ruins. If you were to stay around here, you know your chances are a lot slimmer than just heading towards the ruins. You'd probably get stuck in an area around here that you wouldn't want to be in, such as possibly finding a dark cavern of some kind. It may be infested with creatures, but you also know the ruins could be dangerous as well. But you understand the ruins would probably be your safest bet from the storm. Well, I think if we keep up a pretty quick pace, we should be able to get there. And we should only be in the rains and the storm for maybe, uh, hopefully, only half of an hour. I agree with Eckerd. We don't have anything around us that can shield us from this uh, this this crazy storm that is coming. Ila, are you doing anything, or are you just going to follow along with? Yilar is going to basically, wherever you guys go, I, I shall follow, you know, home is uh, where I carry, so I'm going to be all right, but I'm going to make sure you guys are all right, too. Well, well, you even you, Sam. I want to make sure you're all right, too. Thank you, friend. All right, so if you choose to go towards the ruins, then the party, you quickly make your way towards the ruins. You, Eckerd, you know the ruins are on the northern end of the territory. And as you make your way through, you, you know, you're slowly trekking through the swamps. You can't go as fast as you normally can due to the swampy terrain. But you're forced to push your way through, and eventually the storm catches up to the party. And it is a terrible one. You hear the thunder crackling in the distance. The clouds above begin to darken the sky and lightning strikes, and the wind continues to pick up. And as the rain begins pouring down on you, the swamp that is currently where you're traversing, probably, which is about, I'd say, at your ankles up to possibly your knees, begins to raise slowly because of this heavy storm. And by the time you reach these ruins, you are completely soaked from the rain. And the swamp has, in the area that you're in, has increased up to possibly almost where your hips are. And eventually in the distance, 
you see up on this in this valley of some kind there are these stone like pillars that lead into this cavern looking area and as you're looking at these stone like pillars there are several of these stones lied all over the ground and into the swampy waters leading into this dark dank looking cavern of some kind Edgar, do you know this is the Ilu- uh, Iluin ruins but as you're looking at it it's dark the thunder is loud the rain is pouring down on you and that seems to be the only place to get cover from the storm but this is the ruins according to your knowledge Eckerd. this would be the ruins you're looking for well we're almost here everyone um he's kind of got his uh he's kind of got his canvas tent pulled slightly out of his bag and he has it pulled up over his head a little bit just to kind of keep the water from hitting him right in the the visor of his helmet we're almost there keep your wits about you i see cover all right so with that then i want everyone i'm going to reveal part of the map everyone if you scroll down on roll 20 i have revealed part of the ruins the entrance to the ruins you'll see it's down below the tent the camp map go ahead and move your characters i'll move i'll go ahead and move you lar since he's afk for now um go ahead and move your characters down and i'll go ahead and put your lar there do you see the map i've made it all right all right as you all quickly make way into the ruins uh, as you enter the ruins already has some light deep within it As you traverse the dark entry point or entrance, you come across the inside of these ruins. You can see on the map, uh, there's a map where you guys are standing, and it's exactly what you see on the map. There is a wagon kind of further into the entrance, and there's some campfires that are spread around as if someone or a group of people were camping here in the ruins somewhat recently. And as you're looking around these ruins, there are stone pillars holding up several parts of these ruins. However, there's still several of these pillars are busted and broken apart as well, kind of just lingering around. And as you all step in, I won't make you have a perception check, but you do quickly smell that the ruins has a particular stench to it. It is not the best of smells. And as you're looking around the ruins, you do notice that much of the area inside these ruins does have the architecture of a elven citadel. Many of the stone shaped and forms and some of the tapestry and artwork that's still kind of here visible, you can tell that it is of elven making. But you do see there's a wagon and inside the wagon, there are some supplies. There's a basket of some fruit and some food in the wagon. But these fires, these campfires that look man-made There's no one here in this area. And unless you have dark vision, you can't see too much further past the fires. The fire basically lights up the entryway of the ruins. And what what are you all doing at this point? Eska is looking around and she seems a bit shocked and surprised. And she's looking around at the campfires and she notices no one around. Campfires look man-made to me but there's no one around. Keep your wits about you. 
Uh, at this point, uh, Eckerd, you see he kind of gets... Uh, it's a stairwell walking down into yes. this area, right? Yes, there's a stairwell walking down. Now, I know the map I chose, there's some, like, you see bones and skeletons. Don't don't pay attention to, like, the dead skeletons and stuff. That, that's not there. Um, just just imagine it. Yeah, just imagine the campfires and the wagon and some of the pillars and the broken stone. There are... Uh, if you make some perception checks, I'll, I'll see if you guys see this, but go ahead and Go ahead, and make, actually, go ahead and make the perception check. We'll see if you guys see these. Uh, Kai, 17. Uh, Eckerd, 13. Sam with an 8. And Yalar with a 19. All right, everyone except Sam, you do notice. Sam, you're kind of uh, worried more about if there's anyone kind of hiding in the shadows. That's something you would, you would assume being a rogue. So you don't, nece- you don't necessarily see what they're seeing. But everyone else, you do notice, though, al- along the fire areas you do notice that there are two treasure chests kind of just sitting there i don't want to say treasure they're, they're chests closed chests sitting there so neither one of them have uh locks on them but they look like they're fairly new they, they don't look like they've been sitting here for too long the wood on them does look you know fairly kept as if someone used it recently but they're both closed uh i have a question yeah. Do I do I see anything else considering I have uh dark vision? Uh let's see here. With your perception of uh 17. 17, I'll go ahead and say you do see a little further out than some of the others. I'll go ahead and reveal more of the map. Not only Kai, I'll say you'll see this unless any of you have dark vision. But I'll go ahead and reveal more of the map. As you see, you see further down, there's walls of stone going deeper into the ruins. The ruins seem to be going deeper underground, but there is a large red circle on the map. Don't pay attention to that. That's not there. It's just ground. Think of ground being right here. Uh, Kai, you notice further past the campfires, you don't see any other individuals, but you just see a lot of broken down wood. Many bags are lying around just sitting there with supplies hanging out of them and just more ruins more stone broken up stones just lying around pillars all over the place broken down walls it's a mess in these ruins but that's all you see so i see eckard you wrote a survival what are you doing with your survival here probably opening up some chests no actually uh eckard is uh kind of he's moving as quietly as he can i mean he is in armor so Everything he's making for any type of stealth check. If you wanted me to make one, Ryan would be made at a disadvantage. But all right, go ahead and do go ahead and make me a stealth check if you're going to be moving around. Sure, disadvantage since you're attempting to be quiet. I'll okay. all, right. On that. all right, so uh, Ty with a seven. Oh, shit. I'm gonna say Eckhart accidentally drops his halberd. I trip over. <laughs> yeah it's all my fault Eckerd with a six Eckerd, you're as quiet as you can be but you're, you're pretty loud <laughs> he's dragging his feet a little bit he he knows he's a loud person but what his main thing that he's doing is he's kind of walking this line so um Eckerd is trying to kind of go from here to like this corner here and what he's doing is he's this survival check that he rolled was aimed to kind of see how recently traveled this area was. It's one thing to see that it's had people here, but he's looking for like any type of signs of maybe there was a, a, some kind of a disagreement or any type of 
an attack or anything like that that might kind of give him some instance of of seeing that he's just not quiet while he does it okay so you had it what was your role you had a 17 17 so as you're looking around um again you don't find any bodies or anything of the sort uh you don't find any blood if that's uh, something you're also looking for uh weapons no weapons whatsoever however with the 17 you do notice uh to the far south you do notice some 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 prints in the dirt on the stone ground you do notice it looks like something was being dragged away in some kind you do notice some markings as if something was being dragged but you don't know what okay so heading this way right yes okay further down or deep into the ruins eckard's just gonna say to the group um i can't really say but uh this area has definitely been in recent use. There's some odd markings. Uh, almost looks like something was being dragged. I, I can't tell if it was uh, more of the spoils. I mean, there's definitely a, a few chests that are around here that might be worth looking into, but I don't know if maybe there are a way to do their hunting, but I doubt that they would be caught out in this kind of a storm for too long. So after that, Sam... Uh basically does goes stealth mode <laughs> okay so sam the 23 stealth you're pretty stealthy you're 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 walking around you're very quiet and for the most part nothing really hears you that you know of i want to start moving my way more in but i'm still staying kind of like in the shadowish okay no that's fine you're good and right, what are you investigating kai you know what? I'm actually going to investigate those marks. That was a misclick, but since I rolled a 17, I'm going to investigate the drag marks. Okay. So as you go a little south away from the party, you're walking deeper into the ruins, and you can tell the ground seems to be going down. So the the level of the terrain, you're, you're definitely going deeper underground in the way these ruins were built. But as you go to inspect these markings, you're looking down at them, and the markings are about medium-sized. Uh, as you're investigating, you don't necessarily find any form of liquid or weapons or items that might have been dropped. You just see these markings, and your, your best guess is either something or someone dragged someone or a bag of some kind away. But you do notice the, the markings are in a shape that it would probably be someone being dragged away that was a humanoid of some kind, more so than just like a bag being dragged. So we're not alone in here. That would be your guess. Um, is Luna doing anything right now? Is she acting weird at all? Uh, no, Luna is sticking with Eska, but I guess. Uh, okay. All right, so... Really quick, I hear. I think your fan is on uh, loud. I can hear it now. Would Luna pick up anything with her keen hearing and smell with a 13? 13. Uh, we'll go ahead and say with a 13, Luna, she can pick up a smell and her ears perk a bit. And as she's sniffing around, Luna can definitely tell that there were people of some kind here. She kind of has this this uh, 
this growl to her as if something dangerous of some sort possibly did something around it. She doesn't know what exactly it is, but she smells something that's not normal. Well, I'm going to go ahead and just relay that information to uh, the rest of the group. Okay. I'm going to let them know that it seems a body was dragged and that we may not be alone in here. Eska nods and thanks, thanks you for that information. She's going to look around. Well, we have to traverse through these ruins. Isn't that correct, Eckert? There's no other way, especially with that storm out there. It's probably more dangerous out there than in here. Initially, I would have said uh, we set up base right here and just use the cover to keep us warm, but I'm getting a very eerie feeling. The ruins are not normally being camped in. It's, it's not a normal stopping point. We should be on our guard to some degree, especially if we plan to go deeper into the ruins. Is that the only way through these ruins? We must go deeper into them. From what I can remember, the easiest way is through these tunnel points. But it's been so many years. <sighs> Stay on your guard. Um, Kai, you can see in here, so let us know if you're your sight picks up anything or if Luna smells anything that's off. But at this point, I, I would not feel comfortable camping right here. Well, would it be safer to camp deeper into the ruins? We have an idea that something could have happened here. So it's probably a safer bet here than deeper into the ruins, yes? Not necessarily. Then we have to deal with potentially what could come in the nightfall. And sadly, we're poorly set to be able to set a perimeter and have proper protections. And quite frankly, it's going to be better if we can clear out whatever's in here. Hopefully it's something simple, or maybe we're all worried for nothing, and there's just another band of people. Nothing that I've seen of any of the leftover pieces here makes me think that it's any of the military from wherever and it definitely doesn't come off as the normal destruction that we saw from the people chasing you and she's she's looking around inspecting and investigating as well yeah i don't think this would be anything from from the the empire of koldar their foot soldiers like to leave a trail of blood and and bodies wherever they go they don't normally drag people away if that's the case here I doubt it's them. And just so you guys know, there's a set of stairs to the left here on the map. Ignore these stairs. Just think of it as a part of the wall. Mm -hmm. you just The only path you can take is further down into the ruins straight ahead. Um, so uh, Eska is going to look around very well then. If, if you don't think staying in this particular area would be the best, then should we can continue forward into these ruins then? Um well, at this point, uh, Eckert's going to look to uh, Sam and Yalar. Um, I think you both are probably set up about as good as I can to be able to see in the night. And he kind of takes out his tinderbox and he strikes a couple of torches. He's going to use uh, three of his ten torches and uh, give those out to uh, the two of them. Okay. Uh, Eska. You stay between all of us. That way we can make sure you have a clear perimeter. Kai, if you're comfortable kind of taking the lead and using your sight, uh, let us know if you see anything as we start to venture deeper. 
I will do my best. Should we not explore the chests? Well, I don't believe any of that belongs to us, Sam, but um, I'm just going to say I don't have enough time nor patience to talk you out of checking at them, but usually people who leave things out in clear point tend to have some kind of a protection on them. Yeah, I'll heed his warning. Okay, I was going to say, totally totally up to you. I'm still kind of stealthy, so um, holding a torch probably wouldn't be the best for me. Uh, That's fine. You can give it over to Eska, Eska, if you're willing to hold it. But I'm kind of lurking and, like, uh, making my way around these ops. If I can't, oh, well, I got, should I do an acrobatics check or are these obstacles? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, think of ruins all busted up. Go ahead and do acrobatics for trying to get around them 13 that's fine that's yeah that's good you're able to get around some of the broken pillars and the stones fairly quietly you do want to stay pretty much even with the uh even with the uh the the group but uh still in the shadows on that note i'm also going to order uh luna to stick right next to eska as a like personal bodyguard basically okay All right, so as you all begin to walk deeper into the ruins, you completely ignore the campfire and the the two chests that were over there. And as the party continues down into the darkness, the the campfire's light begins to leave you, and you just have the light of the torches. So real quick, Ryan, I'm sorry to interrupt, but uh, Yalar is definitely looking at one of the chests, apparently. No, 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 no. I wasn't. No, I'm sorry. I was (laughs) convinced Sam to check the chest. Ah, okay, yeah, okay. that's what I was. I mean, if Yulara wants to go, I mean, it's by all no, Yulara's not interested in the chest, he's trying to convince Sam to go check the chest. Oh, okay, um, what's to he get say? some revenge for the rock comment. What's he say <laughs> to, to Sam? Hey, Sam, I bet you there's uh, lots of treasure in there, probably should check it out. Oh, I had my mic muted. Uh, persuasion check. Oh. oh, God. Well, that would be uh, on Yalar's side. Yeah, that'd be so. on Yalar's side to do a persuasion. That's not bad. That's not bad. Go ahead. Uh, if you really want to let the I dice... it's insight, right? Yeah. Go ahead and do an insight. If you be or him. Uh, you. you. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so... Yalara's words are very tempting. So, so, whatever happens, I'm sorry. It is my fault. I will take responsibility <laughs> for that. But Yalara kind of not really seeing Sam in the best light right now. So, hey, but keep it 100, though. Sam is a rogue and yeah, yeah. he is down quite a bit of gold. I am down pretty yeah, good. So I mean the two the, the two chests you'd probably open first are the ones in the beginning. Um I was just gonna say maybe we pass these two and maybe he persuades me as we're strolling on down okay. as we see this one. Yeah, let's uh, go ahead and say Kai pointed out that there's a third chest. Since okay. I'm like in the line of sight of it. That's fine. Oh, Jesus. So there's a third chest uh, around the corner behind one of the, the broken down walls. It looks fairly new, just like the the two in the front. It's still somewhat close to the camp. So your assumption again is, you know, people are in here. Oh no! (laughs) 
You better be Sam. careful over there, Sam. <laughs> Sam Remember, fifty percent. <laughs> so Sam, you walk up to the chest and you you see the chest is it's unlocked just like the other two at the front and as you go you look down at the chest you just you just open it up i'm assuming you touch it what are you doing no i want to i want to slowly well okay with my perception check i was gonna like check it out you know uh and see if it's doing anything out of the normal has any kind no, of glow to it it looks completely like a normal chest, just like the other two. It looks fairly new. It, it doesn't have any smell or anything coming from it. It's, it's not moving. It's just, it's just a chest from what you can tell. All right. So, I mean, I'm going to slowly, because I'm still, I'm still stealthed, right? Yeah, you're still stealthed. So I want to slowly, as quietly as I can, try to open this chest. Okay. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I said, oh, Jesus Christ. All right. So as you go to open the chest, you open the chest up with both of your hands. Are you, do, or are you doing it with one or both hands? One. Okay. So as you go to touch the side of the chest, you slowly open it up. It doesn't feel off or anything like that. And as you go to look into it, you feel your hand somewhat feels somewhat sticky. And as you, as you open oh. the chest, a large purple-like substance of a, of a shaped tongue quickly <laughs> dives oh, out it. at you I and as you attempt to pull away you can't you feel yourself stuck to this chest and all of a sudden as you feel the tongue kind of wrap around you the chest quickly grows oh. legs and it's standing extremely tall about it. your height and two arms wrap around you <laughs> And as it does so, it's attempting to bite you. So I'm going to need you to be prepared for this attack. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sam, I'm what is sorry. Your, what is your AC, Sam? Damn it, you are. 15. 15? All right. It has an advantage on you because you are now considered grappled. The oh, adhesive, no. The adhesive on it. Because it was able, you touched it, so now you're considered grappled. So with you being grappled, you're gonna have to attempt to escape when your when your turn comes. So it has an advantage on its attack on you. The second, the second roll is a 14 plus whatever its strength is, and that's definitely gonna hit you. So Sam, you're gonna be taking some damage here from its bite, and you will be taking uh, eight points of bludgeoning, or I'm sorry, piercing damage plus acid damage. So eight points of bludgeoning damage. I'm sorry, piercing damage plus four points of acid damage. Sam, you feel yourself being grabbed by the chest as you look at it. It is a monstrosity. It is what we call a mimic. I knew. I so knew. let's go ahead and roll for initiative now. So before you roll, um, click on your character on the map and then roll initiative so it pops up on the turn order. So you said how much damage? I'm sorry. Eight points of piercing damage plus four points of acid. So a total of 12 points of damage. How do I roll initiative again? In your character sheet on the top near your HP, you'll see initiative. Click on initiative. Oh, uh, if you you want to click on your character first on the field. Yeah. And then click initiative on your sheet. I forgot to do that. There you go. Yeah, that's relatively close. (laughs) At least I got better than the last one. Yeah. And Yuna um, moves on your initiative anyways. Yeah. And then Sam as well. Hold on. I'm uh, still looking for my initiative. 
uh, top of the right sheet. Right there in top and in the middle, almost in the middle. Right next to your armor class and yeah, your sure. movement speed. Like I said, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Yolar was kind of, you know, he's still a little upset with Sam. <laughs> Tell me how you really feel. Right. <laughs> All right, let me uh, add Eskas, and then I'll add the Mimic. You know what, Pat? This is a perfect example of what everybody has to experience as a rogue once in their life. <laughs> God damn it. The fucking turtle on his rock. So... Oh, why is he got to go almost first? That's not all right. Oh. <laughs> That's not what we're looking for. All right, so the turn order is Yalar, Mimic, Kai, Eska, Eckerd, and then Sam. So... Let's go ahead and start the turn order. This is a complete surprise to Sam. So it got the jump on you. So it is now the start of the turn order. You all can hear Sam kind of like gr- uh, grunt out from the damage. Sam, you took 12 points of damage. So make sure to update your character sheet. I just the- yell fucking turtle. <laughs> and uh, Yalar, you, you, you hear and, and you don't see the mimic because it's around the corner. But you hear Sam yelling out from being hit. What are you doing? First, I want to say that a teacher called Bob Rock. <laughs> then uh, he's going to head down. Uh, let's see. Man, nobody even came with me while I was checking this damn chest. That's fucked up. <laughs> convinced me and didn't even come with me. You didn't ask. I'm man. going to go on the other side of Kai. Uh, and I am going to fire uh, uh, a witch bolt at him. Okay. At it. At the. Don't dig that hole deeper. Where is it? Hang on, I'm sorry. I'm looking for it. Where is it? Oh, there it is. Uh, I'm going to fire it at uh, second level. Okay. Ooh. Oof, a witch bolt at second level. So you rolled a nine to attack it with your witch bolt. As you shoot your witch bolt towards Sam and the mimic, your nine is not enough to hit it. You're just having a hard time aiming with Sam and the mimic between this small, narrow hallway. You can see there's two walls going into a hallway. It's just too hard to hit from your current angle. You totally missed your witch bolt. I'll get it eventually. <laughs> do you do anything else, Yola, or are you done? Uh, I'm done. Okay. So that God is damn now, it, you t- total. It is, it is now the mimic's turn. And the mimic still having Sam in its arms. It's just going to continue biting down at Sam. Sam, I'm making a has an advantage on you because you're grappled because of its skills. So let me roll twice. And the second roll, ooh, that's an 18. That definitely hits oh. you. So you're gonna take an additional four points of piercing damage and uh, three points of acid damage. That's seven total damage to your HP. At that point, it's not going to move. It's just holding on to you, squeezing you tightly. 
So in order for you to break its grapple, you're going to have to make an escape DC. You're going to have to either use your acrobatics or your athletics. Um, any ability checks made to escape the grapple has a disadvantage because of its adhesive characteristic. Is it only on my roll or, or is it any time? It's, uh, it's at basically on your roll. Okie dokie. All right. It is now Kai's turn. You see Kai, you see that Sam is being held by this creature and it it's just biting into him all right well kai is going to quickly move uh, right there all right and it's i'm going to try using my short swords this time all right all so right kai rushes forward to try and help sam with his short sword and he swings does he hit he yeah. does with a 22. Oh. You definitely hit the mimic with your short sword. So go ahead and roll would your damage. Would this be considered like a, a flank because I'm on the other side? Or no, no, it does okay. not because Sam is technically grappled. So Oops. it would not count as a flank. Is that how I do that? Okay, there we go. All right. So you do uh, nine total points of damage to this mimic. The mimic, it feels your short sword just pierce the back of it. And it kind of just grumbles in pain, but it does not let go of Sam. All right. Who is next? Eska. So Eska, not seeing what the hell is grabbing onto Sam, she does realize that Kai and Yalara are attacking something around the corner. So she prepares herself, and she is going to go ahead and move next to Yalara to look down that alleyway and she sees sam being held up by this creature known as a mimic and she just yells out and she's going to cast a firebolt to attempt to hit it and she rolls let's see here if she can hit it a 22 and she does and she shoots out this firebolt towards the mimic (laughs) and deals 15 fire damage to the mimic the mimic yells out as eska shoots out the fireball and she goes sam break free away from that creature all right, so 15, and that's all she could do. Eckert, it is now your turn. All right. Oh, Sam, I'll get you out of there. Don't you worry. Um, at this point, uh, Eckert is going to move right here. That puts the mimic within uh, his 10-foot reach with his halberd. And what he's going to do is he'll move as his bonus action. He's going to go ahead and put Sanctuary on Sam. That means that if the mimic tries to attack him, uh, he has to make a wisdom saving throw. I might as well just show the spell. Um, he has to make a wisdom saving throw uh, against my DC 14. If he fails, he has to choose someone else within his reach. And with that, I am going to attack him with advantage because he is flanked. Uh, I'm going to attack him with my halberd. All right. Sorry, I have all my spells unfurled. There we go. All right. And halberd. 19. All right. 19 will definitely hit. What are you doing? Oh, minimum damage. (laughs) Oh, all right. Four slashing damage. Four slashing damage to the Mimic. You're able to drive your Halbert into the side of the Mimic, and it just screeches out, but not enough damage to really do much harm. It is now Sam's turn. What are you doing, Sam? You're still Hmm. grappled by this thing. In order to escape the grapple, you have to make an escape uh, with either your athletics or your acrobatics, whichever one's better, but you have a disadvantage on that roll if you do that. Okay. Um, you can so still attempt count- to stab it if you want. Is is the is the like attempt to break free technically my movement? That's that's your action. Okay. 
No, that's not. So it's not going to be my attack. Well, it, it would it would take over your attack. Yeah. Oh, damn it. You can either attack or attempt to break free. Hmm. Now I'm at a disadvantage though because I'm getting tangled around by his arms and yeah because of its because of its skill set you have a, a disadvantage on escaping its grip on you because of the adhesive properties it has. <sighs> hey, so you got a ten because you have a disadvantage on oh. acrobats. So with a ten, <laughs> let me see. I don't know if that's enough. That and oh, with no. your escape, you're not going to be able to escape. You can see Sam attempting to tuck and roll outside of the arms you're almost so close you find yourself slipping away but it tightens itself around you're not able to get out and that would be your action so you would not be able to attack at this point you can I do anything you're you're basically stuck your movement is a zero while you're grappled okay then i'm i guess next first yep you are <laughs> it is now your turn I'm going to fire an Eldritch Blast. Okay. A 17. That will hit. All right. For 11 points of damage. Nice. You see an Eldritch Blast shoots from Yilar's hand, and it smacks into the side of the Mimic. Parts of the Mimic kind of fling off of its body. You can see some of the blood begin to ooze out of its chest-like looking shape. All right. And the Mimic is now at turn. The Mimic, not being a creature with much intelligence, all it really knows is survival. It going to try and attempt to finish Sam off before possibly running away, but you're not sure what it's doing. It is going to make another attempted bite on you, Sam. Oh, no. Oh, no. That is a natural 20. It has to roll wisdom. It has to roll wisdom saving throw. That's right. To even hit. What do I have to beat? A 14. I rolled an 18. Damn it. So that will hit. <laughs> Damn. I tried, brother. You're going to take critical damage. So that's basically me rolling twice. Oh, the first roll is a one. It's not bad. Ooh, all right. With, oh, the next one, though, is max. So you'll be taking uh, nine plus six points of damage. So 15 points of bludgeoning damage. Oh, yeesh. Or piercing damage. Now the Ooh. acid is doubled with an additional. Three points of acid damage. In my last dying breath, I say, <laughs> fucking turtle in his rock. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, you find yourself going unconscious. And at this point, the mimic lets go of you. And it, and it sees that there are four or five other targets. And the mimic is not going to attempt to fight all of you. It's survival instincts tell it to get away it did not realize there were many of you so after it knocks sam down it drops sam it's going to attempt to run away and there are going to be some attacks of opportunities if you wish to use it it's going to attempt to run south away from kai and eckard you have reach with your halberd so both of you can attempt to make an attack of opportunity if you want that's a 22 and it being that i hit it um, because I'm attacking with advantage because he was flanked between the two of us. If I hit him, he stops movement. His speed goes to zero, and he takes 10 slashing damage. All right, so that he's not able to escape. You take your halberd, and you cut into the leg of the mimic, and it drops to the ground, unable to move, and it just hisses out in pain for 10 points of damage, giving Kai an opportunity to cut down with his short sword 
And Kai, you're able to stab this other side of the Mimic for eight points of damage. And at this point, the Mimic cries out in pain. It's not dead, but it's really hurt. And Kai, it is now your turn. You've used your reaction, but you still have your action and a bonus action. What are you doing, Kai? I'm going to stab it with the short sword again if I can. All right. All right. <laughs> you have advantage. I'm going to wreck it. You're not going to wreck it. All right. Yep. For 10, for 10, you're not able to hit it. You're able to you go down to try and stab it for a finishing blow, but it knows that you're there and it kind of just swings its arm, pushing away your short sword before it can deal a lethal blow. Do you do anything else, Kai? You still have Luna as well on your turn. Yeah, Luna's going to run over and try to bite it. Okay. Luna just howls out and attempts to bite it. So go ahead and roll your bite. And Luna will have advantage because of pack tactics. So a 17 will hit. Damn. For eight piercing damage. Ooh. Luna jumps up into the mimic's mouth and bites down into its tongue. And it's able to, or she's able to pull out parts of its tongue and she just deeps goes deeper into the mimic's chest like body and she's able to just nom on it killing the mimic where it stands starts ripping everything out yeah you know really do be killing off shit <laughs> luna's doing what you know what luna's my main character now guys the guys the aside, <laughs> <all right? laughs> sam is unconscious lying there on the ground bleeding out eska is quickly looking around to make sure that Nothing else is coming at you. But as she's looking around, she goes, um, Eckerd, heal Sam up. I have, I have my eyes around. I don't see anything else coming at this time. Uh, he's going to do spare the dying on him to immediately stabilize him. Okay, Sam, you quickly feel yourself being stabilized. Uh, you're not going to have to make a death saving throw. You're still at basically, I'd say, one HP. You're stabilized, but you're really hurt at this point in time. What are you doing? Or what is the party doing? Um, to cast cure wounds. I was about to say, dude, I can't remember. Do we have any potions? Yes, you should. Yeah, have I do. You should. Uh, you okay. Should have, I thought have... I wasn't sure if we had any potions or not. I don't like, think anybody. I literally took it out of like my starting gold to buy two moderate healing potions. You bought yeah. everybody moderate healing potions. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I did do that for all of you. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. It should be on. We, your... Yeah, we should all have two. Make sure that's in your inventory. And I forget. May I do? Can I do anything right now, or am I am I still like you're stable? You're conscious. Uh, Okay, you're just at one hit point. How do I use that again? I like take a big grass gasp of breath, and I reach for one of my moderate potions, and I drink it. I mean, I was gonna cast cure wounds. Yeah, we will probably still need plenty to heal him at least decently. Yeah, well, I'll at least drink one of my potions. What's my spell casting ability? That wisdom. Wisdom. Uh, how much health does one of those moderate potions give me? The moderate potion will give you, I believe it is, isn't it 44 plus, is it 44 plus four? I mean, let me double check. Um, Let's see here. 5E, one second. If it's 40 anything, I'm healed fully. 5E potions. Let's see. Moderate, it should be 2d4 plus 8, right? 2d4 plus 2? Uh, that's a light. Let's see. I'm looking it up right now. So a healing potion is 2d4 plus 2. Greater healing would be moderate. That would be 4d4 okay. plus 4. There you so, go. so roll 4d4 and then add 4. I wrote that down. 
Oh, God. All right. So 44 plus four. You, you heal for uh, 13 HP, Sam, with that potion. Man. Uh, how do I uh, cast my uh, cure wounds? You'd have to roll the actual die for it. So your cure wounds would be a 1d8 plus your spell casting ability modifier, whatever that is. That'd be on your third page. So that'd be a six plus whatever your spell casting modifier is. It'd be uh, at the, t- the top right of your third page where your spells are. My spell attack bonus? Yes. Okay, so that would be nine plus three. So it'd be six plus three equals nine. So I'm at 23. Yay. Oh, that'd be, that'd be plus three. Plus three. Your spell attack modifier is a three. Yeah, yeah so nine. It, it, nine. Six plus three. Okay, okay, cool. Gotcha. Just want to make sure I got heard that right. Okay, cool. I just, With that, uh, Kai, you're able to cast a heal, a cure wounds on Sam. Sam, you feel yourself going up another nine points of HP. <coughs> and uh, Eska's kind of keeping her her eyes about. And as that's going on, uh, Yalar and Eckert, we're going to say Kai is somewhat busy with Sam right now. Yalar and Eckert, make me perception checks. Luna can make one too if you want. Oh, yeah. All right, Ramis. Uh, Yalar okay. with, a, with a 20. Luna with a 21. Y'all think I'm joking, but I'm seriously thinking about playing as a wolf now. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and Eckerd, go ahead and make me a perception as well. Yep. All right, a 16. All right, so Eckerd, you don't hear or see this. However, Yalar and Luna, uh, Yalar, you hear this, and Luna definitely hears it and also smells it. Luna begins to growl aggressively and she begins to look around as if danger was coming. And Yalar, you hear movement in the distance all around you coming towards the group from every side. Oh, oh wow. Oh, oh no. Um, then I am immediately using my channel divinity and I am going to go ahead and provide hit points to Sam hopefully to get him healed the rest of the way up. Okay. He'll do it as an action, and he is going to give him uh, a total of 10 more hit points back with my channel divinity. All right. Ooh. And you hear this movement, and because, <coughs> because Luna and Yalar are able to warn the party, I'll go ahead and allow you to move your characters in a formation that you would see fit. Eska, now knowing that something is coming, she has her her katana drawn and she she can tell you guys know it's coming from all around you you don't you don't know exactly what's coming but you can tell it's coming something's coming so you uh put yourselves in a formation we'll go ahead and say it's top of the round we'll go ahead and just put yalar back up top and go down the line as normal and i will make whatever's coming i'm gonna make a roll for the initiative for that all right it's it's i wrote a three it's at the very bottom so um We'll go ahead and say, as it's coming, oh. you're well aware of it. And by the time it reaches the party, you are completely surrounded. And you all see these medium-sized creatures crawling towards the party from all around. They're on the ceiling and the sides of the stone pillars and the walls. And what you see are these medium-looking creatures that have these weird, like spidery legs and arms with some spider-like faces 
crawling towards you. Uh, go ahead and make me a uh, either a survival or a history check to see if you know what these are. I'd say Kai with a 14, Ecker with a 16, you two would know. Yalar, you're not sure exactly what these are. Sam, you definitely know what these are. So I'm going to go ahead and place these spider-looking things all around the map. Can you guys see them? So far, yeah. Yeah, I got one. All right. I got I got two. I have no idea where the other one is. Maybe. Right next to where the Oh, one I see it. I see it. I see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, so, all right. So yeah. they're medium monstrosities. Everyone knows what they are except for Yalar. What you see before you are medium-sized edder caps. They're called edder caps. Mm-hmm. And you know they have like spider-like abilities. They rely on their webbing. But they are basically evil monstrosities that will attempt to attack individuals in order to eat them and drag them away. You quickly imagine it was either the mimic or these edder caps that might have dragged whatever individuals laid camp here. That is your guess. But it's top of the round. We'll go in and say, Yalar, you're first. You knew they were coming, so they don't get to jump on you. Yalar, you see three of them crawling towards you, attempting to attack. What are you doing? I am going to attack uh, the one that's kind of a straight across from me that where where the uh, mimic was. All right. Uh, and I am going to throw an Eldritch Blast at it. Okay. So go ahead and make your roll. To the east side, an Entercap comes charging forward a 13 on your Eldritch Blast. That is just enough to hit it. So go ahead and roll your damage. 12 points of damage to the Edder Cap. Nice. And that will hit. All right. With that, Yilar, are you making any movement? Uh, no, I'm just going to stay with the group. All right. Kai, what are you doing? You and Luna. Uh, Kai is going to try to shoot the same one that Yilar just hit. For 14, that will 14. hit. For three piercing. All right. For three nice. piercing damage. All right, and Luna, does Luna move or stay where she's at? Luna's going to hold right next to Eskis. Okay. All right, that then it is Eskis' turn. She <laughs> sees that there's another Eddercat from the north where the entrance was and one to the west of you as well. And she's going to go for the one closest <laughs> to her, which is the one on the north that's coming towards Eckert. And she is going to cast another spell herself. And she will cast a Witch Bolt towards the one on the north attempting to hit it let's see if she hits it she rolls a 15 that will hit so let's go ahead and roll her damage and she is able to deal oh one <laughs> lightning damage <laughs> <laughs> Shit, it was static electricity to the uh editor cap but the witch bolt sticks on it so i'm going to put an icon and she's going to be able to automatically do damage the next round to it quick get a balloon and rub it on her head there we go. <laughs> Charge her up. All right. Eckert, you see there are <laughs> a third Edder Cap coming from the west. What are you doing? All right. Uh, let's see what we can do here. And uh, you kind of see Eckert has uh, stuck the, the halberd into the ground like he's done before. And he turns his uh, uh, holy symbol towards the one directly in front of him here. And uh, he is going to go ahead and use his action to cast Guiding Bolt. Okay. 
All right. The 10 will not hit. He is going to then action surge and do it again. Okay. Oh, my God. The 11 will unfortunately not hit. Eckert sends his guiding bolts off flying out. This is not our time, is it? Uh, with that, he is going to move up Sorry. to 10 feet. I didn't realize that was the sound of his guiding bolts, but you know, his guiding bolt make whatever sound he needed to make. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm vibing. Um, by moving here, he's trying to put himself within space of the Edder cap. So if it does try to go around him, he can use his Sentinel ability to kind of stave it off. But okay. um, as for any type of bonus action or anything, um, I think for... Uh, that remaining bonus action, he's probably just going to choose to dodge. Okay, so perfect. That way he can at least get a little bit of a chance not to be hit. Okay, sounds good. It's perfect. Sam, it is now your turn. What are you doing? I am pissed off right now. <laughs> I just got convinced by a turtle and a rock to touch something that ate me. So I'm mad. I'm use this action to smack him on the back of the head. I'm going to look at this. Come on, double the the one to the west and i'm going to fire a bolt or you just bow. you just hold click you don't double all right so for 16 that will hit the one at the on the west side Oop, for go ahead and uh, click on the short bow in the chat under the 16 oh, and yeah. i'll roll your damage all right for six points one. nice <laughs> All right, so you deal six points, the other cap, your bolt or your arrow pierces it and it cries out in anger. I'm going to move Okay. after that to here. Okay, perfect. With that then, it is now the other cap's turn. We're going to go ahead and say the other cap to the north that Eckerd attempted to walk towards. It's going to jump up towards Eckerd in an attempt to attack you, Eckerd, with its claws and a bite. All right, so Eckerd, it's going to attack. With its bite, attempting to bite you, and that's going to be a 18 to bite. Does that hit you? No, it doesn't. I have a 19. All right. And it comes nice with try. a claw, attempting to attack you. Oof, this one might hit you. This one's a 22. Remember, it's disadvantage because I chose to dodge. That's right. That's right. So then from a 22, it will go down to a 17. That will miss. All right. So you're able to dodge Too and avoid its attack. The Edder cap to the east that Yalar hit, it's looking at Yalar. It's attempting to shoot a ranged attack at Yalar. Yalar, it's shooting out some webbing towards you. Yalar, your AC, what is your AC? AC is a 17. A 17, very nice. I rolled a 16. So you're able to avoid the webbing that it shoots at you to attempt to uh, restrain you. Unable to hit you, it's going to charge at you and it's only able to do one attack because it used one action to do its webbing so it's going to try and hit you with its claw and as it comes down with its claw you're able to take your staff and you would knock its claw away from you and you just hear like this chittering coming from its mouth as it's growling or, or kind of staring you down now the one no, towards no, sam today sam <laughs> one shoots a web at you as well oh my god that's a crit Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> your day all right sam you're hit by the webbing it doesn't do, it doesn't do damage to you it doesn't do damage to you but what's happening is the webbing is going to definitely hit you 
So you are now restrained by this webbing. So you can't basically God move or attack. It. But as an action, you can make a strength saving throw to escape the webbing. So basically, for it's, it's like the grapple. You're going to have to escape it with a strength saving throw. Um, and the webbing can also be destroyed if someone like attacks it and tries to rip it from you. But because you're restrained, the editor cap seizes its advantage and it's going to charge at you, Sam, and it's going to attempt to bite you. And it's going to have an advantage on its bite because you're restrained. And what's your AC? 15. 15. I rolled a 17 with an advantage. And you will take, you will take damage of eight points of piercing damage and poison damage of 1d8. You will take two poison damage. Now I need you to make me a constitution saving throw. All right. Okay. So you, you really? rolled a 23, really? a natural 20. Did I really? Yep. So, <laughs> all right. So you'll take the poison damage, but you're not poisoned. All right. So you said how much damage am I? Eight. You, you took eight total points of damage. I, my little bar above my head is gone now. The little circles. I don't I know how it. to get them back. I got it. So I'll do it for you. Minus eight. There you go. Oh, there we go. I'm back. Yep. Did you roll double 20s? I did. You did. did. You did. All right. Yalar, it is now your turn again. Uh, I was going to attack. Hang on a second. I'm sorry. Um, clicked on something. I was going to attack, but I don't know what happened just to my character sheet. Reload roll 20 if you have to. Okay. I like on this. a second. I'm sorry. I'm going to need you to get it together, Yalar. We're, we're flanked on all sides with these bugs. It's his fault. <laughs> if I wouldn't have touched the treasure chest, we would have been more prepared for this. Of course, it's muffled and it more sounds like <laughs> <laughs> webbed up. Poor Sam. All you hear is fucking rock. <laughs> if you would have made fun of he should probably stop calling him a rock. Probably wouldn't have, uh, you wouldn't have gotten that. You would explain it as a skull and not a rock. Maybe we would have not had that problem. I just thought you were a crazy turtle. He's going to uh, take, since he had his staff out when he blocked, um, I'm going to uh, attack it uh, with my staff. Okay. So go ahead and roll your staff attack. All right. For 13, that is just enough to hit. For two bludgeoning damage. And then... I am going to use my raffle smite. Is that a bonus action? Uh, yes, I believe so. Raffle smite. Let's see here. All right, so next time you hit with a melee weapon during the attack. Okay, so that looks like it was that. I don't think that's a bonus. You, I think you have to have done that before you hit with your, your, oh, your staff. Because it I'm says the next it. time... The next time you hit with a melee weapon attack during the spell's duration, your attack deals an extra 1d6 psychic damage. Okay. So you should have, uh, that you would have had to cast that before attacking with your. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, that's <laughs> something that was a bonus action, but I can't remember what that was. Um, you know what? As a bonus action, I will bring out. I mean, you can still do Wrathful Smite as a bonus action. It's just, it won't count to your next attack. 
Um, no, no. So I'm going to put the staff away as my bonus action. I am going to um, draw out my shadow blade. Okay, that works. All right. With that, then, are you, are you moving or are you staying there? Uh, I will be staying put. Okay. Kai, it is now your turn. Shoot the web, elf. Please. <laughs> I think it looks good on you. Please. <laughs> please. Shouldn't have made fun of Ball. Would it be a good idea for, for me to shoot the web, though? Like, uh, It's up to you. I'm not going to tell you yes or no. I, I, think, I think I should probably just move over there and try to take it off. Yeah, good idea. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll move there. And uh, what would I roll to try to take it off of him? You'd basically have to, like, try and cut into the web or, like, pull at it. So basically, uh, you're trying to destroy the web. So you'll you have to make an attack roll on the web with whatever weapon you want. Oh, jeez. I have a blade. I have a short sword. Yep, that works. So go ahead and attack. Oh, jeez. Oh, 19, that, that, that hits the web. Go ahead and do some damage. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so for three points of uh, piercing damage, you're basically able to cut into the web. It's not, enough it's not enough damage to completely tear the webbing off. But we'll go ahead and say it's enough that if Sam attempts to break out of the webbing, he has a advantage of breaking out because the webbing is now weakened. Are any of my limbs free? Okay. Yes, we'll go ahead and say one limb is free. So Which you have, one? A, you have a, your right arm. Uh -huh. You basically have an advantage to break out if you attempt <laughs> to break out because of the damage. It was enough damage to, to completely rip the webbing off you, but he did damage to give you an advantage. Okay. Uh, is Luna doing anything? Because Luna's right next to that editor cap next to Yalar. Yeah, Luna's gonna bite. Okay. Luna has advantage because of pack tactics. 16, that will hit. Let's go ahead and roll damage for Luna's bite. Damn, 10 piercing damage. God damn it, Elf. Why couldn't you have done like your dog? <laughs> Maybe I should. You know what? Next time you're caught in webs, you stay in there. <laughs> I'm thinking all this in my head. <laughs> the uh, the the Edder Cap takes 10 points of damage. It's not dead, but it screeches in pain. The bite really hurts it. All right, uh, with that, then, uh, Eska, or I think your wolf actually, doesn't it have a potential to pro make it knock it prone with its bite? Or am I wrong? Uh, no. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, it has to succeed in a, save, a strength saving throw or be knocked prone. EC 11. All right. What do I have to beat? 11. 11? I actually failed. I got a 10. The editor cap is drug to the ground right in front of Luna and Yalar, it's on its back while Luna is like basically nomming on its leg, attempting to tear it off, and it's just screeching out. It is now Eska's turn. Like yeah, Eska sees this, and she's going to take the opportunity with her katana. She's going to step next to Yalar with an advantage because it's prone. She takes her katana, and she's going to basically slash down at it with it, and with that, she's going to use the katana of force, and she's going to roll with an advantage. 17 will hit. Nice. He's able to deal damage with her katana. You will roll the damage. Nice. So that is uh, 10 points of slashing damage plus force. So what happens is she slashes her katana down into the editor cap's neck, and she's able to decapitate it as the force explodes, Ooh. shooting the head back towards where the mimic was. And the editor cap lies there decapitated. And as she looks over her shoulder, there's still two more. And she looks down at the wolf. Good job, Luna. 
And with that, <laughs> that was that was perfect. Oh my god! <laughs> it is now Eckerd's turn. Luna responds with a, "You, you did a good job too." No, Luna already <laughs> responded, dude. That was it. I was uh, translating the bark. <laughs> Dogs in the background. <laughs> Man, that was great. Eckerd, what what are you doing? <laughs> Uh, yeah, Eckerd's trying to kind of uh, figure out exactly uh, what's going to work best because he just missed two of his uh, biggest spells. So um, at this point, I think uh, Eckerd is going to go ahead. Hmm. Yep, it's probably going to make the most sense. Uh, we're going to go ahead and take a swing with the halberd on the Edder cap directly in front of him. Okay. And that, that will that, hit. That definitely hits. There we go. For 10, Ten slashing, slashing damage. damage. All right. And th- that takes the damage then. Okay. And then he is actually going to take one five-foot step back. Come on. Keep coming in, bug. We'll see if we can squish you flat. Okay. Sam, it is now your turn. <sighs> so... Um, you said a strength savings throw, correct? For this, this web. Yes. Correct. To break out. And you have advantage on it too, because, because of Kai. Oh my God. You got a 15. No, that you thought I rolled a 20. (laughs) No, you're good. 15. You're able to rip out of the webbing easily. Thanks to Kai able to rip out of it. You're good to go. Um, that's your action to rip out. You can still make a movement to try and get away from the thing. Uh, or you can stand your ground, or if you have like a bonus action of some kind, I don't know if, what skills you have, but um, if you have anything bonus action-wise, you can do something. Uh, you could take a bonus action of each of your turns, dash, dish, and oh, hide. Um, oof, man, I don't really have a whole lot of extra things that I can do. Yeah, I guess I just take, I'll take a step back. Okay, that's actually safe. All right, so with that then, um, it is now their turn. The oh, Edder cap in front of Eckert, it, it it's not the brightest. It just jumps at you again, Eckert, attempting to attack you with its claw and its bite. 19. All right, the first attack. Uh, I didn't see that fell on the floor one second. Um, the first attack with the bite is going to be a 23. Oh, that'll hit. Second attack with the claw is only going to be a 17. Nope, that'll miss. All right. So with its bite, it's able to hit you with a ooh, max damage on its bite. So for you'll be taking uh, 10 points of piercing damage ooh. and then poison <sighs> damage. You need to make me a constitution saving throw. And you'll be taking, so that's 10 points of piercing damage with three poison damage. Constitution with a seven, you fail your constitution. So you're now considered poisoned for one minute. So you can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of your turn ending the effect of the poison. So basically every round you'd be taking poison damage. Oof. And with that, it is going to be... Actually, wait. No, yeah, that is the wrong. Spider. Um, one second. Um, let me do something here. I'm actually thinking of something different. You might not be taking that poison damage automatically. Let me make sure. A poison creature has disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks. So yeah, you're not automatically taking the poison damage. You just have a disadvantage on your attack rolls and your ability checks until you make a save. You only take the poison damage if it bites you. 
All right, so the second spider, it's going to step forward towards Sam again. Uh, since hmm. it attacks Sam, it wants Sam. <laughs> Sam, I'm making a roll for a bite. The bite is going to be a 14. I don't think that hits you. No. The Thank claw you. is going to be 20. Not a natural 20, but a 20. <clears throat> so the claw deals uh, some damage to you. That will be... Uh, four points of slashing damage, and that's about it. Awesome. And that's all it can do. It is now Yalar's turn. Um, I'm going to attempt uh, a Witch Bolt again at second level. That will hit. Which one are you attacking? Oh, uh, the one that's in front of Sam. All right, so go ahead and roll your damage. The Witch Bolt flings out. Oh, all right, for 17 damage. Nice. Oh, I got it. <laughs> All right, so you're able to do your 17 points of light damage. It really hurts the Edder Cap. It just screeches in pain. And I know Eska had cast Witch Bolt on the first one, but she decided to let that spell go to attack the one that was on the ground. So that one does not have the Witch Bolt on it any longer. <laughs> are you making any movements, Yala? Are you staying your ground? I'm standing my ground. Okay, Kai, it is now your turn. That's Edder cap in front of you is right there. Just took a witch ball. 18. That will that will hit. So go ahead and roll your damage. Oh, there you go. For seven points of slashing damage. You're able to take your short sword. How do you kill the edder cap? I just stab straight through it. Okay, you stab into the edder cap's side, you pierce its heart, and as you do so, the edder cap just screeches out and it drops to the ground motionless, leaving one last edder cap. It is now Luna's turn. Oh, so Luna rushes towards the other and has an advantage again because it's right next to Eckerd with pack tactics for 14. That hits the Edder Cap. For seven piercing damage, it needs to make a strength saving throw. Damn. And I rolled a fucking 11. What do I need? An 11. Okay, so that's it's not prone, but it is hurt. He's about to be salty. Yeah, I was about to be <laughs> salty as hell. <laughs> it is now Eska's turn. She sees that it is now surrounded. So she's going to take this opportunity to just cast a firebolt from where she's at. She doesn't want to waste any spells. So a cantrip of firebolt for 23. That hits for, let's see here, uh, 14 points of fire damage. So the Edder Cap, it is hurt. It drops down to its knees. It's in pain. Eckert is now your turn. I'm about done with this. He's going to go ahead and uh, kind of move like so, so that he can benefit from some flank on it. And he is going to go ahead and cast Guiding Bolt on it again. This oh, is my okay. last first level spell. Okay. All right, that hits. Roll your damage for 13 radiant damage. How does Eckerd destroy the Ettercat? He shoves his, uh, he takes his halberd, he slams it into the ground again, kind of pivoting off of his, uh, kind of injured side where he was scratched by its claws and he just kind of evokes Penella through his, his uh, religious symbol on it. Awaken and be burned away. And the sigil will then burn across the edder cap until it's reduced into kind of fiery cinders. All right. And with that, the last edder cap is destroyed, leaving the party there breathing heavily after two attacks, but you don't hear anything else coming at you. Eska's looking around, and she's just, like, trying to catch her breath. 
Is there anything else that wants to come at us while we're here in these damn ruins? I don't know, but uh, did you see what I did? She, <laughs> I she actually looks, got Witchbolt off. She looks Ooh. at Yalar and she just nods. You did. You're getting better with it. I don't think I'll have to train you after this. Mm. Oh, thank you for the compliment. <laughs> Sam just falls down on his butt and just like looks really disgruntled. <laughs> Eskil looks at Sam. Sam, are you okay? You've taken quite a beating within the last couple of minutes. I'm fine. I just uh, did nothing. It's okay. You were webbed up and grabbed up. You've been grappled twice. It's not your fault. Yeah, these, it's the turtle's fault. He's is going to uh, to walk up and kind of whisper in Sam's ear. This is what happened. Big fun ball. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I kind of swing my arm back, like not to hit him, just to like shoo him away. And uh, with that, then uh, as you're looking around, it's quiet. The storm gets louder. It's, it's getting later as the evening begins to pass you by. What are you all doing at this point? You don't sense, you don't sense any danger. Luna's on guard, but she doesn't sense any more danger. What are you doing? Uh, Eckert is strongly recommending everyone for us to be able to camp up. And before we set up full camp for this uh, area that kind of goes back uh, deeper into the caverns, he'll just simply say, I don't think it's a good idea for us to further travel into the ruins at this time. We should take some time to rest and recover. Uh, Until then, we can take some shifts. But I think, if anything, we can build some simple ramparts out of the refuse around here to help block it. That way we can keep an eye for middle-of-the-night attacks, potentially. Uh, Eska's going to nod to that. I think I'm in agreement with you. It'd be very dangerous for us to continue on after two battles with these creatures deeper into these ruins. Who knows what else lies in these ruins at least here, if we camp here, the exit is right there for us to escape if need be. Further down, we may not have a chance to run away. I think I agree with this. Yeah, let's save it for when we're a bit more recovered. Okay, so with that, then, everyone agrees to camp here? Yes. All right. Is anyone going to check out the other chests or anything lying around? Are you guys going to leave that? Hell no. Sam's not touching another chest unless he stabs it first. <laughs> That's you all you, sure? turtle man. Uh, we can uh, we can sure? work together at this point, and like we can stab and scorch and radiant burn. You know the rest of these just to make sure they're not further. Can mimics. we all roll a perceptions check to see if we can tell if one of like is there a way to tell if a uh, if a chest is like moving, breathing, slimy? I mean, you can make a perception check. No, nah, I'm not fucking with no more chests, man. <laughs> sure, I'll, I'll make one. That's all you, Bog. By the way, I healed you for 10 HP. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so uh, um, Yalar and Eckert, you got a 19 and a 14 on your perception, 16 for Akai. Uh, Yalar, as you're looking at one of the chests, it just seems like a completely normal chest to you. Nothing about it seems odd. The same for the other two that roll perceptions. Everyone else, you don't see anything off. 
Not with those rolls, anyway. I'm opening the one that I'm at with the halberd from 10 feet away. Now, hold on. I'm going to post up next to you. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm gonna going sit to sit my uh, ass right here. As well as Luna. I'm going to check this one here. Okay. So we'll go in with Eckerd first. Eckerd, as you go with your halberd to touch this chest, you open it slightly. It's not locked. Nothing happens. And you can see into the chest, but you have to step closer. Uh, he'll just kind of peer over the tip of his uh, halberd to see a little bit deeper. All right. As you look into the chest, <laughs> it is a common chest. It is not a mimic. Deep into the chest, there are some goods. What you see, there are some some uh, daggers lying in the chest with what looks like some gold coins. He'll gather up what's in there and uh, kind of bring it over to the group. And he'll use this area over here to kind of spread everything out okay. with the rest of these things, which he is uh, pretty comfortably assuming the Edder caps have probably taken people deeper into the, the ruins to be able to, you know, devour them. So um, he's just making use of what's here and then he'll dedicate himself more in the morning to going in there and eradicating whatever's in there. All right. And just to be uh, clear, the amount of gold that was in that chest, there was about 50 gold coins. He'll hold on to all of it. Okay. All right. And there were two common daggers in there. All right. The other chest, what are you all doing? I was going to open it. Okay. So you go to open it right away. You don't feel anything off with this chest. It's actually a common chest. As you open it, there are some potions inside. Hmm. Uh I am going to uh, take the potions and ask if uh, I don't remember if I have identify or not for my. There are two potions in there. They, they're both of le- red liquid. Can't remember if I had identify. You might, you might be able to use uh, a skill check to see if you might know what it is. Like a, a medicine check of some kind? Oh, uh, yeah, I'll do that. I'll do a medicine check. I'll do it as well since I'm standing next to you. <laughs> I don't know shit. Kai's leaving. <laughs> yeah, Kai doesn't know. Okay, with 13, uh, with your medicine check of a 13, you look at the two potions and you're kind of like looking into the liquid and you, you don't know exactly what it is, but you go to touch it with a finger maybe even sniff it. It smells like some standard healing potions. Uh, I will keep those. Yep. So they're, they're both standard potions of healing. They heal for 2d4 plus 2. And that's two of them. And as the party lays camp, you're able to basically get a night's long rest. Uh, I'm setting up, I'm assuming you guys are basically putting up someone to stay up so long per so many hours to kind of keep watch is my assumption. Oh yeah. We're definitely going to run, run watch sets. Okay. And what was those uh, healing pushes again? 2d4 plus two standard healing push, just potion of healing is what they are common. Okay. So with that, then um, even with you all taking turns, you're all able to get a long rest. We'll say you're able to get a long rest and nothing else really comes at you for the rest of this night. And with that, we'll go ahead and end this episode of Taverns and Caverns Side Stories. 
Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Taverns and Caverns. Before we go, you can follow me on Twitter at HaphazardDM. Yeah, uh, my name is Jake Life. You can find me on Twitter at JKLife. You can also find me on Instagram at the same. Yeah, I'm Rod, also Rodimus. I mean, I guess I'll go ahead and plug my uh, social media. Maybe it uh, might encourage me to actually use it more. You can follow me on Instagram at uh, Rodimus83 and on Twitter at Rodimus7901. And I'm Patrick. Thank you, Hap, again for having us and inviting us to this. And you can find me on Twitch at Casper, spelled with a K, uh, the Wicked, W-I-K-I-D. And you can also find me on Twitter and the same thing. I'm Mark. Thank you, Pat, for letting me experience my first time on D&D. I actually quite enjoyed myself, even though I was quiet for the most part. But uh, (laughs) I have nothing to plug in social media-wise. All right, cool. Well, no problem. That's okay. But those are all of our players. You can find them all, the Twitter or Instagram handles that they've mentioned. And again, you can find Taverns and Caverns at tavernscaverns.com or tavernscaverns on Twitter. Thank you so much, everyone, and you all have a wonderful day or night.